We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to an extra spooky edition of the Pat Mayo Experience, brought to you by DraftKings. Week 8 picks against the spread, survivor selection game previews, and, of course, some free money losing bets, and a cuss corner mini halfway through the show. If you always want to watch this show early, subscribe to the newsletter. That's down in the description. You get it on Tuesday evening instead of Wednesday morning, plus all of the info and all the golf picks, everything like that. I release my golf picks and DraftKings picks. That's up on Mayo Media Network right now, so smash the like button to the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network as we push... For 30,000 subs, we only need like 484 more. So if you've never done it before, subscribe to Mayo Media Network to help us get to that benchmark in the comment section. <laughs> As always, time code the episode so we can compile our best of the year when I want to take a week off and I'll make a three-part series and then I'll still have new shows coming out, but it'll be with old clips, but the best clips that you guys have picked throughout the course of the year. I think that's everything. There'll be the cheat sheet in the newsletter coming on Friday, but you can just go through. It's also up on DKNation.com as well. Uh, rate and review and sub to the audio podcast too, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever it is. See if you can leave a rating and review. That helps us move up the charts and we would like that a lot jeff feinberg put together a pretty impressive method of attaching his camera and microphone as he is on location as our on the scene man for the los angeles chargers this week live from a hotel room what's going on oh shit sorry <laughs> my microphone fell Just as you said that, my little setup collapsed a little bit. With my, it was on a slippery chair, and then it unplugged. You're not, so I'm really, you're not using the right microphone anymore. It got disconnected. You set me up so well. I'm back. There you go. Sorry, you you you, uh, you put it on a tee for me to come in strong. My 
mic setup fell off the slippery love seat that's in this hotel room and i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry it took eight seconds for me to screw something up i'm sorry i'm glad we have the situation rectified now watch out for that slip i hope it wasn't so slippery the moment that you sat in i hope you made it slippery and it didn't come pre-slippery in your hotel room no, I don't know what this that material is, but it's just there's a bit of a slip and, and slide feeling. So I don't know. Yeah, happy that's rectified. Yes, I am here. I am in a hotel. I am in America's finest city, San Diego, um, having a wonderful time. Really? Do you think if we put that out to a poll of the people that San Diego would win as America's best city? I think isn't that that's like a thing. Maybe that's just what they say here, um, but that's like a thing. It's a well-documented, fantastic place. I've heard. I've never And it's only like 97 minutes away from this repulsive city known as Los Angeles. Which I thoroughly enjoy. Like I said, I've never been to Wales Vagina, but I hear it's very nice. Joining us in studio today is the coin, as he always is. Paul's behind the camera, which leaves a man who is very sore at the moment, and physically sore, not like he's angry in 1934. It is Tim Undergust! Tim Undergust. That's not my name. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, cross or sore in an emotional sense. Uh, I'm just physically sore. Been pumping iron. We're, we're very excited for it. Yeah, like you said, you have two You have two gym memberships now. You have two gym buddies. Uh, things are coming up cussed right now. They are. And like tomorrow evening, I'm going to go by myself to pump some iron, and I am looking forward to it. You're going to be swole. This is as equally no healthy. This is as equally healthy as unhealth, as bad, like the opposite of whatever, how bad your McDonald's habit Which is. This is a now- nice way to come out of your McDonald's binge with two gym memberships and two people helping you train. And the McDonald's are down to zero cow purchases, just black coffee and DCs these days. I don't purchase anything with cows in it these days. Good for you. Uh, some people have criticized you for giving up on getting as maximum amount of McDonald's monopoly <laughs> stickers as possible. Like the people who bet on your overspend. Yeah, well, you know what? Let them show their receipts to see if they've put in as much money as I've already put into this season and will continue to put in until November 8th. And then people in glass houses can throw stones at that point. But uh, I, I don't care what they think. Uh, I, I'm up over 250 now in terms of uh, money I've spent on McDonald's during this competition. And we're just ripping through now with zero cal stuff. And yep, I'm pumping iron. I'm feeling good. Uh, I, you think I would feel crestfallen about my favorite football team, but I don't feel that bad right now. And I'm just in a good mindset. Halloween is coming, which is great. And I'm sure throughout the episode, we'll sprinkle in some Halloween tips for people. Uh, I mean, I'll start right now. Go buy full-size candy bars and give them out to kids on Halloween. They'll be very happy that you do so. Tim, uh, we're here to help Tim, Tim too rich with his giant candy bars and his two gym memberships spending all his money at McDonald's. Tim, come on. You're a man. I gotta I say you are Tim an elitist. Will... Yeah. Who'd, who'd want a full size candy bar as a kid uh, when they, when yeah, you, the, you know who wants it? We, 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 I don't need to relitigate this again, but uh, Jeff and I both have kids. You don't, you're just someone who wants to eat full size candy bars. Yeah. Of course the kids want them. The parents don't want them. They get enough candy as it is. Yeah. 
And I got to say, I'm a grown man with problems because I'm coming home the morning after Halloween and I'm upset that I'm going to miss the stores like 75 percent Halloween candy sale. And it's only there for one day. Yeah, oh, buddy, you, you're if you're there by two o'clock, you, you're yeah. done. Like pretty much lunchtime on November 1st is like the cutoff. Uh, so, yeah, you, you got to be there or literally be square. Yeah, so I'm upset. I, I, you know, look at me like I need extra bags of candy at discount rates the day after Halloween. But yeah, I'm annoyed well, that I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss a proxy. Someone to go and purchase it for you on your behalf. I don't even want to embarrass myself. <laughs> like, I don't think I, my other friends do this or care. First, so I'm not. Everybody does it. So you would not. No one wants to like to admit it. <laughs> But like 85% of people, even those who don't give out Halloween candy, purchase Halloween candy for themselves. That's just a fact. That's what people do. And so yet no one talks about it because no one wants to admit that they, you know, go through three little tiny bags of cheesies a day till the box is empty and they have to buy another box because they were going to give those out. But everybody does it. And so just no one wants to talk about it. So if you ask somebody to be your proxy and go into the war of all against all at 9 a.m. on one november you'd find people who would a already be there because that's what they're doing too and will pick you up an extra uh box of uh of, of nestle candy bars i would rather just bite the bullet and and miss it or just pay up like for what it costs at that point like i'm not i'm not having somebody fill up a bag of but then so are your kids not going to get halloween candy because of it How's that okay, work? we have Halloween candy at home because my wife kind of buys it. And we have, uh, I have a lifelong friend that lives out here. So we're going to do Halloween with him and his kids on Sunday night. But yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to pack my child's bag of candy they got. Like, I assume not, other than like a small collection. She's great for the airplane. But yeah, I'm not walking, I'm not packing a bag of a plastic bag full of of bite-sized candy bars in our luggage. I doubt that too. So I, I don't know. I appreciate how you claim that 85% of people purchase Halloween candy for themselves to eat as adults, despite the fact that you have no facts to back this up, despite saying it is a fact. So is this once again one of your things where feelings become facts for you? Everybody does. I don't do it. Halloween candy doesn't get purchased in your house and, and eaten at all before Halloween. This is what you're telling me. No, we have our two boxes of candy. They're unopened. We're waiting for Halloween to give them out. Well, I respect your dedication and your resilience. I'm just saying that the reason a lot of people do it is nothing to be ashamed of. The stores expect you to do it. That's why, as we discussed a few weeks ago, that's why stuff was out so early is because people are going to buy it early and eat it instead of holding on for later. So not, every, Jeff not everyone is a glutton like you. I uh, first, I dispute the fact that uh, I, I don't know. It sounded like you were about to agree there for a second before you thought about now, it. Then second, I don't know that buying uh, uh, some Halloween candy once a year is gluttonous. And third, a lot of people do this. Uh, it's not unusual. I mean, I, I, I guess it's, not up to your standards, but as a, a man of the commoners, I, I think I speak for them when I say this is what they do. Well, I the people of Toronto won't have to compete with me at the local Walmart on Monday morning. 
Um, how many boxes of Halloween candy do you have so far at your place, Tim? Just one. All right. And how many trick-or-treaters would you estimate that you're going to get this year? One? If that? One, two, three. <laughs> so you really needed that box, did you? No, but you know what? It's like my idea of having that gift card at Christmas time on hand in case somebody shows up unexpected. Proactive. It's, it's exactly. It's being proactive. It's being instead prepared. of reactive. So you exactly. so you have encouraged everyone to go out and buy full size candy bars for the kids. Did you buy full size candy bars for the kids? No. No. And considering you expect one kid to come to your house, you think you could have just shelled out for the fucking full size candy bar. Yes, that's a fair point. But and if I thought I was going to have several kids, I think I would have the full size candy. What, so you think what's the maximum amount of kids you would anticipate could ever come to your house? Three? Five would be a very busy Halloween. So you couldn't just buy five fucking candy bars. Well, I could, but if nobody comes, then what am I going to do with those candy bars? I well, you're already you've already bought the box to eat the little ones. You could just eat the big ones. Yeah, but you can get rid of the little ones easily. You can bring them over at a party and dump them in a bowl, or like you can get rid of the little ones. You bring five candy bars to your Sunday NFL hangout. I'm pretty sure they'll go pretty quickly, bud. It's true. My point is, and I'm right. About, I, I also don't think that you should buy them the full size if you can't afford it. Not everybody can. Are you saying it. guy with two gym memberships can't afford to buy five full size candy bars? I I didn't say that. I am talking now in generalities, which is that if you have the ability to purchase full size, you will brighten somebody's Halloween. You'll brighten the kids' Halloweens by giving them that full size Twix rather than the bite size Twix, which doesn't even isn't even bite size because it's gone before you even take one bite. So I'm just saying I, this is what people want. This is what people like, and I this is a Halloween one of the Halloween tips I have for people, and I've repeated in the past. Uh, it's okay to be generous. I know you don't want to be generous, I guess, but I, I do. And I well, you're, 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 but you're not being generous. You just said that you're not. Because I might get nobody. In fact, there's a strong prob probability we get nobody. Then why did you buy the candy to begin with? Well, you know, it was on sale and I was at Costco and... It lets him feel like he's participating. No, it's because he, no, he wants to eat the fucking candy. But I don't now that I pump iron. I'm not going to eat it. Really? <laughs> I'm going to distribute it. To who? To various get-togethers and gatherings. I'll just yeah, bring don't, a big... Don't bring it to my... You know what? It's banned from my place on Sundays. How about that? Keep it really, yourself. Really? I can't bring like a bag of Krispy Crunch? No. Fuck it. It's yours. I don't want it. <laughs> this is really weird. Like, you're going to show up somewhere with a Ziploc bag full of mini candy bars? You're... Grown man in your thirties. Yeah. Okay. He that's sees weird. no ear. Yeah. He, he doesn't see how that's weird. <laughs> I, I don't see how that's strange. I, I like to. I mean, maybe most people don't do this, but if you have a box of those various candy bars, the first thing I do is open it and sort them into the various <laughs> kinds, and so that way I know how many I have of each. And then anyway, that way I don't like give out like a handful of one. You don't just reach your hand in there yes, and like float a handful of wonder bars and then give some kid four little wonder bars. Now you want to make sure they get a couple of each. Uh, no, again, I'd I like to just mystery and then boom, boom, boom. And if I see, I'll work it. I, I'm not going to give you three of the same thing. I'll, I'll put my hand back in and we'll switch it up. But it's totally like a mystery 
hand, even when I'm even when I'm snacking for myself. It's total mystery. Oh, if I'm snacking for myself, I I can't have more than one of the same thing. It has to be even numbers. I've got to have like you know when one pe- crispy when, when people say that crisp. you're like Norman Bates and you're a complete psychopath, <laughs> this is what they point to. No, no, no. I just don't like to have uneven numbers like that. I'd rather have one little caramel and one little Mars and one little this rather than like four of this thing and nothing. And that would like it, it's unbalanced at that point. Yeah. So then you drip the two of them back in the box and you put your hand back in again and try to I'm get another too, surprise. I don't have time for that. Oh, really? You've got too much time. I'm saying sort it out in advance so that yes, you have sort, sort it out for these zero people that are coming to your house. Well, yeah, there's probably nobody's going to come. But then, like I said, I, I can distribute it to people afterwards. The, no one wants your no time. one wants your fucking three cent candy, man. You think? You, oh, really? You think if I didn't bring a bunch of, I don't know, c- coffee crisp to the house for football, people wouldn't be like sweet and eat some of those coffee crisp? I well, bet they would. Well, you yeah, br- they would. Well, you, well, you brought drunk, a, hold, hold, on, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You brought over all those Ho Henrys, and no one ate them until Paul ate them like eight days later. I brought over some Oreos and some gummy bears or some jujubes on Sunday and nobody ate those. So no one's eating the stuff you're bringing over, despite the fact that you just said, if I brought them over, everyone would eat them. I guess I'm not putting them in prominent enough places for people to see them. That must be what's going wrong. Yes, not that you're <laughs> fucking insane. Uh, Jeff, I also you, want to shut point up, out. we're moving on. Jeff, you watched the NFL, your team wasn't playing, and you said that you got like a good grasp of what's going on. No, I just saw so much shitty football and I'm not like preoccupied either before the game thinking or what, like, yeah, if you're a fan of a team bye weeks, just allow you a nicer headspace to experience the league. Like you bets and DFS guys do every week. It's a one-off for me. I don't know what I saw. I have to assume it was an outlier week of, of bad football, bad coaching, bad playing, outside of three teams. It, I don't know. It was so weird. And the, the primetime games obviously were, um, you know, were polarizing, but all Sunday, what do these guys do all week? They talk like they sleep at offices, trying to put these game plans together. I think it's all a lie. Did you watch the Jets game? I saw it like I saw the other games. That was that was hyper concerning if you're the New York Jets. Well, really? Get... Giving up 54 points or losing your your star quarterback for four weeks? What, well, what part is more concerning? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Magic Mike didn't get hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you said star. I have no idea who you're talking about. So that Yeah, would be okay. Tough. All right. Yeah, so you, all right, so you right. just bestow the label of star on anyone you want? Guy won the preseason MVP. The guy was the best player in the second half of week one. I, yeah, you know what? He, he is a star. Do you think like Tiffany's, he's gotten like his Tiffany's crystal ball has arrived in the mail for his MVP award yet? No, I don't think so. Sad scene, but we might get Magic Mike. We might get Joe Flacco. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Let's jump into Thursday. Sorry, this game is off the rails already. Devontae Adams and now Alan Lazard, right when we came on air, are now on the COVID-19 list. So that means that they are unlikely to play on Thursday night. So the spread was minus six when we came on the air. I'm looking at it in real time. Right now, the Cardinals are now favored by six and a half at home against the Green Bay Packers. 50 and a half is the over-under. Everything in my being wants me to take the Packers in this game, Jeff. 
I know is Devonte is Devonte Adams really worth three points? That seemed like a big number to me. Yeah, that's pretty surprising when we've sort of seen movement of of other players, uh, star players, superstar players that don't play quarterback. Uh, you know, like a superstar left tackle isn't worth three points. So that's, I guess, in sometimes strange, and you could maybe it's hard to quantify their their true values. Nonetheless. At this point, it's kind of Arizona or nothing for me. I remember looking at the schedule, like getting excited to probably be like everyone picking this. Oh, this will be the game that Arizona loses and the undefeated thing we can put behind us and, you know, just focus on this parody of, of some really good football teams at the top of these conferences. But no, that train's going to keep going to certainly keep riding. Arizona's getting everyone back. It seems like they're all flocking off of off of the Packers. It's a short week. It's out of division for Green Bay. Green Bay's got too many positives going on for them to have a hyper concern. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not overthinking it. It's gonna be it's gonna be the Cardinals. Uh the coin is taking the Cardinals as well. Are you gonna pivot, Tim? I'm I was always gonna take Green Bay in this game. I feel even better about taking Green Bay in this game. Getting six points, that uh, that line is too generous. I think it's a three-point game in either direction. So give me the Packers. I mean, I, yeah, I understand the Cardinals have played very good football, though they were very pedestrian for, like, the first half of that Texans game, which was far from impressive. Uh, the Cardinals are a very, very good football team. But Green Bay continues to be underwhelming and winning games and covering numbers. And uh, I expect them to at least cover the like, they're six and one against the spread. They're a very good uh, football team uh, to, to back. I backed them last week in my super locks and they came through. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers here again. I, I think they're the way to play this game. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get there to bet. I'm going to take Arizona in this spot. Cause just even look what we saw when the Titans played the jets and they were missing AJ, AJ Brown and Julio Jones in that game. It really disrupted their offense. They couldn't really figure out what to do. And I don't know if MBS is going to be activated from injured reserve. That's still a potential possibility, but they could be rolling out like Equinamia St. Brown and Randall Cobb as their only two receivers in this game with Bob Tunyon running routes. And you're going to have to keep up on the scoreboard with the Cardinals. They're just going to post points every single week. So if you think that the Cardinals probably get to like 25, 26, 27, 28 points to cover, I mean, it's going to be three touchdowns and a field goal for the Packers to cover in this spot. I, I don't know if they can get there with these limited offensive weapons. Yeah, Rodgers can will them to that. The defense has been pretty good for the Packers so far, 11th by pro football focus, not as good as the Cardinals, who are fifth overall in total defense. And I... Uh, if they can block for Rodgers, maybe all of this is null, but just the pass rush with Chandler Jones back now, especially for the Cardinals, has been so good all year. I'm going to lean Arizona minus six and a half in this game. Oh, let's get to Sunday then. Rams at Houston. Oh, boy. Good good thing this wasn't the L.A. game uh, that you got to go to, Jeff, because it's a 14-point spread. The Texans are dogs at home. 47 and a half is the over-under. The Rams did not cover last week against Detroit, Tim. Will they cover this one? Yes, I, I do think they will cover. Uh, that is a lot of points, 14, to take uh, in, on the road. But look, I, I think the Texans threw their best effort and the Lions threw their best efforts last week at opponents. And the Cardinals gave up five points and the Lions took the Rams to the wire. So I, I just think Detroit's a better football team 
than anything that the Texans are are playing. I, I just their their talent mismatch matches everywhere on the field. How in the name of heavens is the Texans secondary ever going to keep up with, uh, with with what the Rams are throwing out there? Just, again, I just there's such a disparity of talent that 14 does seem a little short here. It's not a spot game. I, I don't think there's any like uh, overreading, intuiting into why to take the Texans here. I would take the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams as well. The coin is going with Houston. This is the matchup of the number one defense versus the 32nd offense in the league. Jeff, there is a chance that Tyrod could play in this game, though. That would probably change some opinions or certainly change the point spread. I mean, just kind of look at how Tyrod played in the game and a half that he did play this season. But you guys just laid it out here. The the Rams give up two fake punts. You could do whatever you want. You could pull your rabbits, convert an onside kick. You have to play absolutely perfect. They don't have an ability to quick strike you on offense. So their drives are going to have to be perfect. This is a Texans team that inside the month of October had, you know, does it had a team total for a half a football at three and a half? Was it the bills game? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. How much do I want to bet this game? I don't know. I think you should probably fade Houston at every chance you continuously can with mills, but I'm not running to make this bet just yet. But for the purposes of this, it's it's Rams. It's Rams. All right. Well, let's get to a game that now we have like a four in a row that are all within four points of each other on the spread. So Steelers at Cleveland. It looks like we're getting Case Keenum. He's on the case once again for the Cleveland Browns. And Nick Chubb should be back for this game, too. So shout out Dearness Johnson. It was a nice run, but if Nick Chubb's back, it's going to be him. Steelers coming off a bye. They're two and four against the spread. The Browns, it's funny because we did this last week, and you even put it in our group chat, Jeff, that you know, can we get credit for the Browns win? Because I think that we all bet the Browns. But as we said on the show, just like, just wait for this number to crash, then bet the Browns. You could have middled it really well, but you know, Browns minus one, Browns minus one and a half. We did the show. It was minus three and a half. So we all took an L last Thursday night, but I think we all won money last Thursday night, didn't we? Yeah, and honestly, I've never petitioned, I don't think, to change anything. I don't think it matters. But if anything, that should just be like a push. Now, like, I, take I, an I, L, I counted it as a loss, and you still, you were the only one to finish above 500 last week. You were 7-6, and six, I was 6-7, and seven, Gus was 5-8, and eight, the coin was 4-9. and nine. Um, But going back, to, lock, though. going back to this one, uh, g- give me the brownies here. I'm into Case Keenum, as I've said before. You all know I get excited to bet a good team with the backup in the first game with the backup. Uh, Obviously, Stefanski, the Browns, quantified that in a a big way. But I'm excited to go back to to Case Keenum here. Just the confidence and the play calling. Remember in that game, Denver gets the momentum. I think they make it a one-score game again. And off the kickoff, you think, okay, the Browns will probably just bleed as much clock as they can and hope for this one. Nope. First down, beautiful trust, beautiful play call, nine-yard pass. When you're trying to run the clock, like the nine-yard, eight-yard play on first down is perfect. It just shows, you know, how much confidence they have in Keenum 
in my opinion. Maybe I'm overrating something that you could consider insignificant. I'm just trying to make another case for why I'm excited to bet this Cleveland team getting healthier, going up against a Pittsburgh team that in many ways is just a total fade for me um, into the extended future. I, I don't like getting behind that team at all. An important game in the division for the Brownies. They're finally the team that's better than Pittsburgh. You know, even with last year's record, they were still, you know, Pittsburgh was so hot. Even if we thought Cleveland was better, Pittsburgh could still lay that claim. It's time for a, for a, for a bottom feeder to, to lay the smack on a, on a team that bullied them so hard for so many years. I think they win, but I don't like that hook. I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus three and a half. I think this comes down to a field goal game. The offensive line, pass blocking wise for Pittsburgh, has been surprisingly better than I think that anyone had anticipated coming into the season. Just it's teams that are very similarly constructed at this point in time of what they do well. I think that the Browns do everything marginally better than the Steelers do at the moment, including that goes from like play calling to quarterback. Because I probably take Case Keenum over this version of Ben Roethlisberger. Although coming off a bye, maybe he's well rested. He has a little bit of juice left in his arm. Three and a half just seems like too much to me, though. So I'll take it's way up. too much. Yeah. The Steelers are the better team in this football game. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm taking the Steelers. We're teasing the Steelers up. They're the first end of a five-team seven-point tease. So you're going to ten and a half with Pittsburgh? Yeah, we're taking them to ten and a half. Look, the, the, the Browns and Steelers have both very, very recently played a common opponent in Denver. And Pittsburgh outplayed Denver pretty handily, and the Browns – barely got across the finish line. You look at the quality of wins that the Steelers have. They're just better than what the Browns have. What was I really impressed by? Being destroyed by Arizona, by throwing a game completely away to the Chargers, by being able to put up 14 points against the Vikings. Like, what Browns game have I seen this year that was impressive? The answer is none. The next time the Browns impressed me this year will be the first time that they impressed me. Keenum looked incredibly mediocre on thursday night the steelers are three and three and their schedule sets up quite nicely for them and i think the browns are very overrated and we're seeing it this year this this team is a middling team that people pretend like it's a good team but i haven't seen it yet i still don't see it uh they fail every test that they take and i am going to take uh, pittsburgh in this game and this is on a very short list for super locks they're just i think they're clearly the class in this game all right, so Pittsburgh for you and I, Tim. Cleveland for the coin. And Jeff, Philly and Detroit. Detroit is a three-and-a-half-point dog at home. We got the goof versus Hertz. Although Detroit now four and three against the spread. They were frisky against the Rams. It felt like they played as well as they could, and they couldn't even come within the touchdown. So I actually like the Eagles minus three-and-a-half in this spot. It just feels like such a letdown for the lions after putting everything they had into trying to beat the Rams last week in LA. Uh, and it's, a, it feels like a nice get right spot for Jalen hurts too. It's a really weak opponent. He should be able to throw all over them theoretically and not just do it with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I think one of the biggest mismatches on paper this week, Jeff is the defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles going up against this banged up lions line. I just don't think they're going to be able to block them as long as they have someone who can spy Deandre Swift out of the backfield on these screen passes feel like they should roll them yeah he took a lot of my take of this game you know right out of my mouth essentially it was almost like when they battled and lost off the 60 yard tucker walk-off kick everyone was excited to bet on the 
the Lions and, and to pick on Justin Fields, and I believe it was the Bears in the very next week. This kind of does feel like the same. I mean, there wasn't much going on at 4 o'clock last week. It was probably the closest game with clearly the best storylines involving the quarterback, and you said there's no secret. They emptied the tank. Whatever the, that's in that Lions tank, they emptied it. Um, so I'm going to, as much as I hate to do it, I want to trust uh, the Eagles here. Uh, they seem like th- that's Sirianni, though, man. Like Dan Campbell's 0-6. I'd rather him than this Sirianni fella. Would, would you know? To- because Dan Campbell seems like a guy who'd be a really good college coach at like a middling school. Like to get yeah, I, I Iowa, think this, like to get Iowa State fired up to go play Iowa or something. Whatever, that's better than this guy is in so over his head. Oh, Nick Asiliani. No, he's fine. Don't worry about him. He is in so over his head in Philadelphia. Uh, they don't seem to have a clue what's going on. That being said, I am picking them this week. The Lions. How do I put this? This is a really embarrassing, maybe comparison. But I think there are three teams in the league that are kind of playing with absolute house money this year for different reasons. Uh, you know, and, and the Bengals and the Chargers, I think in some ways are, are, are two of those teams. But I think the Lions are the third. And based on expectation, I'm totally impressed. It's the best 4 team through through six, seven games I've seen in some time. Uh, but I, I'm taking the Eagles. I, I actually go the other way. I think the Eagles are probably the team playing with the most house money this season because they might have three top 10 picks coming their way if they just continue to play like this. I guess the Colts are yes. getting better now, but then they'll have picks 17 or something, like two, eight, and 17. That, that's looking pretty good going into next year. Like If they wanted to trade for Watson tomorrow, they could. Yeah, they absolutely could. Except I think what's hurting the Watson trade, like, why would you trade for Watson, meet their demands when this offseason, honestly, Rodgers is going to go for like, there's going to be just a lot of veteran movement. And I think that's what teams are, are deciding between obviously besides the whole, there's a lot of teams that could be in on Watson, but I think all these teams also realize they'll, they could look really stupid when some of these good veterans go for way less for obvious reasons, kind of then Watson, but but great opportunities for these veterans to come into um, do exist in the league. I'm sure there are other teams I'd prefer to talk about Watson when when debating and not even who you think, but but uh, we'll get there. No, well, it's tricky right now, too. Like if you do the Watson deal, you overpay at the moment, presuming he can play. I guess you're not the NFL will probably give you like a tip on whether or not that if he gets traded and activated, whether or not he could play. But with the Eagles, they might just have the ability right now to get in front of everyone and be like, we want Watson. That's what we want. We don't want Aaron Rodgers for a year and a half or two years. I would rather wait it out. I would so much rather wait it out and pay an extra pick and a half for Watson to know that he's not a freaking predator. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a very valid point. I mean, it's, it, it's now come like almost like the 180 of it's gotten back to the football side of things. And, you know, there's just murmurings about like, it's just, everyone's very confused about what's going on with the Watson situation and whether or not that he would be activated or whether he did it or what he's accused of doing. Cause you know, there's, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no criminal charges laid against him. Is there, it's all civil. Yeah. Suits. Nothing has been laid. And yeah, if you're my, like, 
if if ten percent of what NFL media has told us about this Panthers owner David Tepper is true, then I wouldn't be shocked if at any moment we hear that they've acquired Deshaun Watson. Uh, like a Stephen Ross has lollygagged for 12, 15 years as owner, wanting to be better, hoping to be better. This Tepper won't lollygag a moment per per what we've been taught about him from the people that supposedly know. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. There's a lot to unpack with many teams. Tim, two first round picks and Zoomer Zach for Watson. No, I would trade a seventh round pick for Watson. I want nothing to do with him. Sorry. Okay. I don't think he ever takes another snap in the NFL again. And I, I certainly hope he doesn't. I mean, I think that he's going to play again at some point. I think it's not likely maybe, but I think it's unlikely 22 cases against him. Criminal charges could indeed be laid this. I saw somebody tweet there the other day that uh, this is a complete train wreck coming down the tracks and how many people could stop and get in the way of this and aren't stopping this. This is a disaster oncoming. I have That expresses my exact opinion. This is a disaster. Uh, The league needs to put him on the exempt list. He needs to not play for a while until this is all sorted out. And so I don't want anything to do with him on my team. Do you think that the NFL contacted the Texans to do what they did so the NFL wouldn't have to take a stand on this? Like the Texans are doing the league a favor? that that is perhaps what's going on i mean who can say right but perhaps but as long as he's not playing the league doesn't have to make a decision but my goodness while there are outstanding charges uh that that are civil and no decision has been made one way or the other on guilt or innocence the league cannot allow him to play uh they just can't it would be un to me it would be unfathomable that he would be allowed to take a snap I, i just don't see it happening in hearing, um, you know, like just saying like, uh, you know, Rich Eisen talking to some of the higher end NFL media types as to what the NFL is doing and sitting back and waiting. Everyone to a man, Pat, seems to think that the NFL sees themselves as in a position that they don't need to act on the moment because why make a over harsh judgment or a premature under not harsh enough penalty when it's not resolved? And yes, the Texans had done them a favor. Right now, he is not playing. So until the NFL has to make a decision, it seems like they're not, and they just want to do everything they can kind of to wait it out so have to have zero chance of making a wrong decision is what it seems like people seem to be saying. Philly or Detroit against the spread, Tim? I'll take Philadelphia. Man. I have no strong feeling on this game. I, I, I don't think it's bettable. I'll play Philadelphia, though. The over might hit on this game. I like Philadelphia's Probably. defense and fantasy. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Even the Lions' defense and fantasy could be a reasonable, cheap play. Yeah. But, uh, that, that's I, not, I don't really crazy. care for either. San Francisco at Chicago, two teams that really couldn't have looked worse last week. So we're getting the Bears plus three and a half at home. Uh, the Niners are one and five against the spread. Jimmy G is playing. We're not getting Trey Lance. I don't really know. I was so glad that I didn't bet the Sunday night game uh, after we talked about it. Like, I, I really like San Francisco, but I told you guys on the show, it just felt like such a trap to me that I had to stay away from it. And, you know, I didn't have the guts to bet Indianapolis. I know a lot of smart people did, including, I think both of you guys had Indianapolis. And, Jeff, I think you bet Indianapolis, didn't you? No, I bet San Francisco. 
By the yeah, time the, the rain there. ruined that game. Just like last night's game. The rain just ruined those games. It's hard to get a good... It's hard to read anything from a game like that because it's, it's such a one-off and a weird circumstance. I will say I love Chicago in this game. Why? Love, though? love, love. Why? Tease them up. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> this is a classic NFL oh. spot. We, this is a classic NFL spot. We all just watched Chicago get destroyed uh, in the in the marquee 5 o'clock game last week. They look terrible. Now they come home to play San Francisco, who many people will excuse for the exact same reason I just did, which is that it was really rainy and not a great game, and it's only three and a half points. Chicago is terrible. I can't bet them. Uh, they're three and four, and yes, you can, and I'm not so sure that Chicago isn't the better football team right now. Uh, what if, what is San Francisco doing week after week to make you think that they deserve to be laying three and a half points on the road right now against a team with three wins? I don't see it. I just don't see it. We're teasing the Bears up, and we're going to play the Bears. I have nothing to add. He literally said it all. I think Other than Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, no. Moves, it smells like flowers. No, listen. Uh, Tim is saying that everyone watched the Bears get beat by Tampa, which everyone expected them to do and get absolutely just wrecked in that game. Everyone watched San Francisco on Sunday night lose to the Colts and look horrendous. And all of the discourse over the past, like, 48 hours has just been Kyle Shanahan not actually good. It really feels like people are now are far more down on the Niners than they are on the Bears. Like, the Bears are just like, no, no, no. No, No, they're disappointed. Hold on, hold on. Well, Kyle Shanahan has taken some punches, even from me, in the last, like, day and a half. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy's literally the captain of that ship of Twitter hey, punches. Hey, Matt Nagy is not coaching this week, Jeff. He has COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm taking, I'm taking Chicago based on how angry San Francisco made me on Saturday, and I'm pivoting off them this week. To your point, Pat, it's literally like betting dweeb one hundred and one, like loser move for me to make. I'm not even saying I'm going to put a cent on this game. But I don't want in your cheat sheet that you post on the internet sent that SF beside my name right now. Uh, I will take the SF next to my name. I'll take the minus three and a half on the road. They're just better in every facet of the game. Like, not substantially so, but at least their defense is still pretty good, where the Bears' defense is not good whatsoever. And when we're talking about, like, pass rush, yes, the Bears can get to the passer, but the Niners get to the passer much better. Trent Williams might be back for the Niners, which is just such a huge, like when you lose one of the best left tackles in football, it's a real problem for your offensive line. Just, I, I don't know if Fields starts running more, maybe Matt Nagy not being there is a huge boost to Justin Fields, but this offense looks completely out of sync. It's hard to run on the Niners. It's hard to block the Niners. And I just don't think they, they have the weapons and maybe San Francisco won't score enough in order to get the cover in this game. If they can get to like 24 points, it feels like they should cover pretty handily. And the coin backs me up. So double San Francisco for myself and the I, Chicago for you to go ahead. I will say you make very good points. This is a game I will not be touching in real life. What was this line last week? Coming oh, off the bye for San Francisco. What is it like? Minus six and a half minus six San Francisco. No, because the Bears were embarrassed in, on national TV as well. So it probably was about this, minus three and a half, minus four. 
I don't think I don't so. Know, my I, internet's giving me a problem, but this video's working, so I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But... Don't don't mess around with it uh, too much. I can't go back and find the early spreads right now, but I, I would I would wager that San Francisco was a much bigger favorite as we did this show last week in the advance lines. I would very much agree that it was probably one of those like sketchy five and a half lines. So yeah, you're probably you're probably right. So to go back down and get them at a three, yeah. Oh, I, I'll find it for you in one moment. Oh. No, it was three and a half. Okay. On so the yeah, West, Westgate advanced point spread, three and a half. Interesting. All right, I still like the three and a half with San Francisco. Carolina at Atlanta. Oh, that was a sad game. Oh, the big screen game. Yeah. This, this, I, I don't know if this game's going to be fun to watch or not fun to watch because there's going to be turnovers galore. Poor Sam Darnold, Tim. He is who he always was, isn't he? Well, at MetLife anyway. Yeah, scared of the ghost. The ghost came back to get him. Now he's a three-point dog in Atlanta. Atlanta, not super impressive last week. Not at all. Kyle Pitts is pretty impressive. Made some nice catches, but man. Atlanta is going to try to let you win as close to the end of the game as possible every single week. And sometimes, you know, the, the coin will. Let's see, let's see what the coin says this week, because that's essentially what it is, betting on the Falcons on like a three-point spread. Let's see. Uh, Carolina is being taken by the coin, so I'll, I'll just back the coin and go with Carolina that Matt Ryan will do something stupid with two minutes left and they'll lose the game. I'll play Atlanta. Do you, need, it, do you need Atlanta to win so the Jets' BCS ranking goes up? No, but it's funny. When we get to that, uh, I was 100% correct about something. We will get into that. The Falcons play into that 100% correctness. Uh, that I have. Oh yeah, oh. I, I already know where he's going. He's looking. He's looking for. He's gonna wake a giant. That's exactly what Tim's gonna plan on doing for the second <laughs> half of the year. Um, anyway, I really like Atlanta in this game. Not enough to bet them. Because this hold on, hold on. You either really like them, or you don't really <laughs> like them. Because if you really like them, but not enough to bet them, what the fuck does that mean? Right, you're right. That doesn't make a lick of sense. So let me retract everything I said and just say. I like Atlanta enough to pick them, but they're both dumb teams that do dumb things. So right now, Atlanta's playing better football. They seem like they've got their ship moving in the right direction, whereas Carolina seems like it is sort of floundering. So just based on that, I would play the Falcons. Realistically, Jeff, we should just I should just be betting against Carolina every week until McCaffrey comes back because they're legit a different team without him. I am... <sighs> This was a result last week that I had a hard time understanding. The Carolina can lose a game. They can lose a game by multiple scores. But there, for all the ugliness I saw in the league last week, nothing might have been more repulsive than the Carolina Panther drive charts. I, I mean, I will never defend Sam Darnold again. I apologize <laughs> I obviously knew it was a losing battle recently, but but I still, you know, was happy to do it. I will I've handed in that member that membership card. I, oh god. Why if a, if a thing is on silent would something play? Oh god. I just want to note for people that somehow i have become not the worst person with technology on this show oh are you kidding me i mean we can throw to the clip of jeff setting up his camera and microphone before the show he did it 
Do you think you would be able to do that? If I had some uh, some experience with it, as, as Jeff did, sure. I mean, it's plugging in two cords. Look, from what people have seen in person on this show, who is it that let their microphone get unplugged? Who is it who had their phone on quote unquote silent? I'm playing a road game. Play? Just, just, just bear with me. Caroline, like even this Matt rule who I like to defend, who I'm a big fan of. How do you not just move the football against the giants? Like after James Franklin, Matt rule is probably the most embarrassing coach in football last week. And Here, that's a lot. That's a hard list to but, be number two on based on how much bad football was played i i don't know i don't know what to do with either of these teams tim kind of did say something that it does feel like you know atlanta's just gonna atlanta forever and at the moment it does feel like arthur smith and whatever they're trying to create is is getting a little headway or maybe just kyle pitts has come alive i don't know but put my put carolina beside my name again i don't have a clue here though tim loves this game I don't have a clue. Uh, hey, Kyle Clueless. Pitts. Kyle Kyle Pitts is the fantasy Frampton. Tim, he's come alive, <laughs> and he will show you the way to the end zone. Uh, the biggest issue with Carolina right now, obviously McCaffrey being there doesn't allow them what they want to do on offense. Darnold's been god awful. The receivers can't catch anymore, which is a real. No, problem. but I was told RB doesn't matter. So why do I care about McCaffrey not being in the lineup? Because well, it seems like they, it seems like they based. I mean, do, do that. That's been really the the fun conversation of the week. As do running. I mean. I don't think that they – I mean, there's obviously guys who are better than other guys, but not substantially so. I think that people get it twisted about the running backs don't matter conversation. It's just they don't matter in comparison to every other position, where if you had to if you had to take the replacement-level player at any other position, they're substantially worse than the replacement-level player at running back. I think that's the better way to frame the argument. No one is saying that Chuba Hubbard is as good as Christian McCaffrey, and that drop-off seems like it's pretty pronounced. But the biggest problem that the Carolina Panthers are having right now is they have way too many offensive line injuries, and besides the Dolphins, they have the worst offensive line in football now, where weeks one and two, their guys were healthy and they could actually block, like... Now, Darnold had, wasn't playing well and had no time to throw. And then poor XFL superstar PJ Walker comes in the game and it's just him running for his life on every play. Like they can't block. That's an issue. Fortunately, the, the Falcons can't rush the passer and their offensive line also sucks. And the one thing that the Panthers do do well, get to the passer, play pretty good pass defense. Stephen Gilmore might be back in this game too. No idea if he's good or not anymore or how healthy he is, but he could play, which you have to think is a boost here. It, this legitimately seems like a coin flip game. So why not just take the points? Like Atlanta couldn't even cover against Miami last week. No, that's a fair point, but <laughs> And if you look Whatever. at the if you look at the point differential so far this year, uh, Atlanta is what uh, minus forty one points. Carolina's even. Yeah, but how many of those all stem from the first game of the season when they lost thirty two to three? Like a lot of them, right? So well, not all of them because it's over forty. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like a lot of that is stems from one really bad week one game. Anyway, but I take your point. I don't. I, I could see Carolina winning. Sure, why not? But Atlanta seems like. They're in forward, and the Panthers seem like they're in reverse. I would agree with that assessment of this game. I just don't think that these teams are too dissimilar. And, you know, when in doubt, just kind of grab the points in this spot. I just want to try to find the scores here for – maybe you can find them quicker than I can. There we go. Atlanta Falcons. They beat – the Jets by seven, the Dolphins by two, and the Giants by three. So the only team that they would have covered this number against was when they were a dog against the Jets. 
So just three points. Uh, yeah. But look, they beat the Giants, who last time I looked just blew the doors off of the Carolina Panthers. Well, the Jets beat the Titans, and the Titans beat the Chiefs and the Bills. Again, we're going to talk about that. I think that that why, is why, not... why are we going to talk about that? When we get to the Jets game, I will oh talk God. about how 100% right I was about certain things. Okay. This is what they call SEOTs in the business. I don't think that they do. But Carolina, for everyone besides Tim, coin included. Look, I'd rather be caught dead than wear my favorite pair of sweatpants outside of the house. Issue is... I got two kids. Sometimes, you know, stuff gets dirty, like my regular pants. And if I'm just lounging around in my sweatpants and I need to go outside to go get anything, I just don't want to be judged when I go outside for wearing sweatpants. Because I know how I judge people when I see them just wearing the worst sweatpants. I'm like, man, that person has given up on life, essentially. So all I really did was go to public rec. That's why you got to check out public rec because they make elevated athleisure wear in multi-dimensional sizes because they believe that comfort starts with a better fit and it looks way better their best-selling all-day everyday pant is available in over 40 different sizing combinations and can fit men anywhere from 5'8 to nearly 7 feet tall and the better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants actually look good. You don't look like a slob when you're outside. So now your favorite home lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work or happy hour or the gym. I went out on Friday night with my public rec pants to the bar. People just thought that I was wearing slacks. But I wasn't. I was wearing comfortable sweatpants. It was excellent. After a year at home, they are the pants you need now rather than the pants that you need at any other time. So go to Public Rec and check these out. They spent years engineering the perfect blend of softness, stretch, and durability. It's all performance benefits you love with the added style of more formal occasions. They also have zipper pockets, so no more having your phone or wallet fall out when you sit down. They come in nine different colors, one for each day of the week and more. And Public Rec also makes elevated shorts, t-shirts, polos, jackets, even golf gear, which I'm sure viewers and listeners of this show will most definitely appreciate. They just launched their women's line, so now anyone listening can enjoy Public Rec's better fitting comfort. I've never had pants fit this well, and now I don't feel so sloppy. Public Rec rarely discounts but right now they have an exclusive offer just for the pat mayo experience listeners go to publicrec.com and use promo code mayo to receive 10 percent off that's publicrec.com and use our promo code mayo for 10 percent off miami at buffalo you know that this is uh, in super lock territory for me jeff Minus 14 for the Bills. The Bills are going to crush the Dolphins like they always crush the Dolphins. 49. I don't want to have to go too crazy on this game. Give me Buffalo. And they are on the very, very short list for Super Locks this week. 14 points. <laughs> well, wait, well, hold on. What do you think that the Jets, what the Jets spread will be in Buffalo? No, but I'm sure it'll be bigger. It'll be like 17 and a half or 18. But this is the... This is the Dolphins who went 10 and 6 last year. We're going to be so good. And oh, they made the turn and they used all their draft capital and got a great, and they're 14 point dogs in division. And we're not halfway through the year. <laughs> Are you laughing and arguing with straw men again? People that you've created in your own mind? It just, it just tickles me pink to see the Dolphins having the type of year that they're having. I just, I couldn't be happier to see how this is going. 
And uh, I'm with you. Buffalo should win, and Buffalo should win comfortably. And the Dolphins will continue to have the worst record in the AFC East. Okay, so Buffalo for, do you want to make the case for Miami, Jeff? Because it seems, based on what I could gather from some of your tweets, that you're coming around on Tua a little bit, just not in Miami. Oh, that's all for show. Hold on a second. You just put something on a T for me. I'm going to do something. People might think this is a, a, a I am being 100% serious. Hold on. Right before, before you get into it, when I put it on a T for you, you're not going to drop your mic again, are you? <laughs> I will not drop my mic. I heard Jason Smith make this point on Fox Sports Radio, and I literally spent the last day and a half thinking about it, and I've come around to say I 100% agree. And before I do this, I'll say in the last few weeks, I have seen maybe some of the best, also inconsistencies with Tua, but, but some of the plays that some really nice plays of managing the pocket, going through his reads, making the throw. Enough to think there is still an game city win, Jeff. Hold on. Enough to think there is still an unknown there for many in the league circles that if he can get rid of the ugly inconsistencies that we allow other young quarterbacks the time to get rid of, he'll be just fine. Is his ceiling Burrow? Is his ceiling Herbert? Can he make those throws while moving sideways? No. But now let me say this. Tua should demand a trade by the Miami Dolphins. If his agent can confirm to him that this team is looking to bring in a sexual predator with 70 masseuses and 22 sexual assault pending cases on him, he should tell the Miami Dolphins, I never want to give you 1% again. I want to make sure I'm 100% healthy for the next place I go because I don't want to play the rest of this season for you. You're not committed to me at all, at all. And I don't want to risk my career getting injured and then my value shit out of luck when you already have proven to me you want nothing to do with me. I would demand a trade. I would tell the Miami Dolphins I will never take a snap for you again. I think Jeff makes a great point there. Look, now, people are innocent until they are proven guilty, and these are all just allegations. But absolutely, how could Tua feel otherwise than what you just said? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't say any more other than Jeff's onto something here. Uh, in all seriousness, the Dolphins are, a, are, are such a disaster this season on every level and have no draft pick going to – they are by far – the no, they have the 49er pick. Football. Let's not make it like they have no pick. They don't have their pick. That's bad. But the 49ers could be horrible, too. They could still get, like, the ninth pick or 12th pick or something. I don't know that that's true, Jeff. I'm pretty sure it is. For this year coming? Okay, well, they haven't got their own pick. So that their own success or failure has no bearing on where yeah, that is. Because the 49ers is. traded with them to move yeah, all the way up. Right. My they point all- is... This is such a this is by far the most disappointing team in football, and just everything they're doing. No, that is, is that is absolutely not true. The Niners are the most disappointing. People are picking like I know you say that people pick Miami to go to the Super Bowl. I've yet to see that. People pick the Niners to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the Niners season isn't over yet. I think it is, but it's not over. No, it's like, not over. But no they've been wildly disappointing. <laughs> Very disappointing. But like. 
if the Patriots didn't have a brainless fumble in week one, the Dolphins would be right there with the Lions with zero wins. Like, and they're just, they've mismanaged the roster. That team is still bereft of talent. Uh, the, the, the skilled players they have are not in the positions you need them in the modern NFL. I, I just, what does that I mean? Don't know. Well, hold on. What does that mean to you? They don't have a marquee pass rusher. They don't have a game-changing wide receiver. They don't have a game-changing quarterback. Those are the three most important positions in terms of like making a profound difference in the game. They just don't have those guys. They have really good corners. Right. <laughs> like they have good corners, but like, okay. Like they have, in theory, right? They're supposed to have some decent offensive linemen, but. No, they, they, they by the numbers, have the worst offensive oh, yeah. line in football. The offensive it's- line is playing terribly. But where their skill is, the, where they've invested most of their resources, aren't where, like I said, they aren't the, the marquee pass rusher. It's not the marquee quarterback. It's not the top-tier wide receiver. I just don't like the way this team is built. And I just, you know, where, where's the light at the end of this tunnel for the offense? I don't see it. I mean, they have a league average pass rush. The defense isn't really the issue. They've just been, much like last year, like I don't even dislike their receiving core. Yeah, they're playing core. great. You're right. I, I think that they're the playing. receiving core is fine. They're just everyone is con- And when you sign Will Fuller, you sign up for this. And when you re-sign Devontae Parker, you sign up for all the injuries that come along with it. But to say that they haven't addressed that, and maybe they need to find someone else who's not constantly banged up. But those guys are really good. They went and they drafted who looked, Jalen Waddle looks really good. Gasicki looks really good. Just have we seen the full strength Dolphins play at any one time? Like this offensive line is pure trash and it's just affecting their entire team because the pass rush hasn't even been that bad. But then you're missing Howard and Byron Jones for a game. Well, they're like your two best players on defense at very important positions. So if they can get everything healthy, maybe they can start covering some games by the end of the season. But like, let's not pretend like the only wins the Patriots have aren't twice against the Jets and against the Texans. So so, yeah, okay, but they hung with the Cowboys and they hung. Yeah, they, they didn't with, win the games, uh, the Tim. What, what the fuck is the difference if you lose by two or lose by 40? There is no difference. That in- indicates that you could have, in fact, won that game. It would not have been a surprise. They had every opportunity. Like, th- those are just, they are, di- they are differences in degree, but you're right, not differences in kind. So if so there's a level of compete in New England that well, we there is, right? And the we'll point talk spread. about that too. I Even the, the point Patriots spread. Go, we expect the Patriots to go on a run here, at least I do. Why? Uh, for, Why? For, what? What would indicate the Patriots going on a run? I don't understand when we this get at to all. The jet, when we get to the Jets, I'll lay out my theory <laughs> and why I'm a hundred percent right about all this. A hundred. Yeah. It just in closing, Tua shouldn't risk himself for this franchise. One more snap, if he can confirm that they're look, if they can, if his agent can confirm to him that they want to move on, they're looking to move on. Well, I think there's still a ceiling there that other people would be interested enough. He's a fragile enough figure that he should not give 1% to a franchise who doesn't want to commit to him. I don't, he might be end up being labeled like a bad guy or that could spin, but I, I, I honestly think it's what he needs to do is prepare for, for, for phase two. How are you going to feel when Miami sweeps the jets this year? Indifferent. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. Like whatever, right? We're not going anywhere. Whatever. Oh, really? Because that, that's, that, that's not what I received on my text message thread today. I don't think. Well, I said, what did I, well, go ahead. People can see that what I said on that thread was we could win six or seven games. That ain't going anywhere. What are you talking about? That's not going anywhere. Six or seven games. The awful Jets. The worst team in football. Well, at least they have a win against a pretty good team. And again, we'll get into it. 
but uh, they, they have had perhaps some of the most impact on the NFL this season. Oh my God. What are you taking Buffalo or Miami, Jeff? Uh, Buffalo. All right. Cincinnati at the Jets. Cincinnati's favored by 10 and a half. Uh, there's magic Mike for you. <laughs> <laughs> now we were watching this in real time uh when uh, zoomer zach went down then all of a sudden magic mike comes in the game jeff and like the ball starts moving down the field they're scoring touchdowns this guy might be the real deal unfortunately i don't think the jets want to win games they might start joe flacco instead but i say give the kid a chance let magic mike go out there and try to win some go toe-to-toe with joe burrow that's the matchup that i think that everyone wants to see and tim is fired up for magic mike and i'm with you tim i think he looks great i'm not fired up for mike white i'm not fired up for joe flacco i, I can't believe that joe douglas would trade away a, a fifth round draft pick for a quarterback we couldn't be bothered to re-sign last year and like you can't say oh, we'll bring him back for continuity because he knows the team from last year it's a whole different staff it's a whole different offense he was washed last year when we played him in serious games uh, what, what are we doing here I don't think White's any good, but you might as well let him play. Uh, his name is Magic. Hold, hold on, hold on. His name is Magic Mike. You named Mike as your backup quarterback before the season began. You dress him as your backup. Now you actually need to use him as a backup, and you go running, <laughs> and you go running for Joe Flacco. Like, what's going on here? I, I don't understand the logic. But you think they're going to cover this game? Yeah, I do think they're going to cover this game. And it's a, it's a spot game, right? The Bengals just came off a huge win against the Ravens. They're about to play Cleveland next week in another huge game. Like, they're really getting into the teeth of this divisional battle. The Jets played miserably on Sunday. And now, the, 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 you know, you couldn't be pumping any more air into tires than people are into the Bengals' tires. And the team couldn't look any more awful than the Jets looked. And it's 10.5 points. The spread seems a little bit low, and it just seems like a classic Bengals win by three or six or seven points and don't cover the number. So it could even be a complete and utter letdown. These things happen. Uh, and, and But for the Bengals' sake, you know, I hope they win because we have been, and I've been calling this for weeks, is one of the most consequential teams in the NFL. Oh my God. I called the game against the Titans a hinge game. Why was that? Well, because when the Jets beat the, the Titans, that was a slap across the face to the Titans. They realized, oh my goodness, we have got to get this, this thing moving in the right direction. They then proceed to beat Buffalo and Kansas City the next two weeks. I call the game against the Falcons a hinge game. Well, what happens? The Falcons win the game, go on by, win again. They're about to beat Carolina. They're in the hunt for an NFC playoff spot. I called the game against the Patriots a hinge game. Well, the Patriots won that game, and they're about to go on a run themselves and win a bunch of games. Teams have a chance to get in the playoffs because they they went up against the Jets in what were hinge games in that moment, and because they won it, they took advantage of that hinge. The Jets didn't take advantage against the Falcons or against the Patriots. So I'm not calling this a hinge game for the Bengals. That would be silly. But the teams have beaten the Jets, and their fortunes have moved distinctively in their favor, or they lost to the Jets as the Titans did, and that really sharpened that team. So I was 100% correct when I called those games hinge games. Just the Jets lost them all, and the team that won them 
things moved in their direction, except for the Titans. And they, they learned from that and then absolutely destroyed the, the Chiefs and, and, the, and, the, and the Bills. So I don't know. It's hard, hard to... Hold, hold on, hold on. I, I, I have a question and a follow-up. Are you fucking serious? Two, do you have a brain injury? The answer to that is yes and no in that order. Are you yes, sure? I'm serious. I mean, what if you I, had what, a if you had a brain if you had a if you had a brain well now you're saying like well it's a hinge game if they win or if they lose in the case of the Titans what the fuck are you talking about? It turned out to be a hinge because it inspired the Titans. All right, enough of you. You're off. Mute him, Jeff. Go ahead. This is fucking nonsense. There, there are right. so many layers. I don't that don't I don't don't even acknowledge it. I don't want to hear this shit for the next fucking 14 weeks or whatever. We're going to be in the playoffs being like, oh my God, do you remember that time that this team beat the worst team in football? Really gave him a lot of confidence. His biggest flaw, though, is he lacks self-awareness. Like, it's okay to be crazy, but his total lack of self-awareness is ridiculous. Even last week on his rant of how the playoffs were in play, like, he thought, like, a week ago, he saw himself as an adequate opponent. To this Bengals team. Like that in and of itself is I insane. Still I still do. I think we're going to cover. I think we have a the, chance to win. All of that being said, he did bring up a good point at the top. I'm going to take the Jets plus the points. The Bengals, their biggest win in in forever since the Carson Palmer. No, oh, no. It's, a, it's, a big, it's their biggest win since they beat the Steelers by a bunch in week three. Beat the shit out of them in Pittsburgh. I don't know. This one kind of felt different because to me, Pittsburgh was going to be horrible this year and they are bad. This one felt different. Maybe I'm biased because of the absolute smackdown that Baltimore put on uh, my favorite team just the week before, but I'm really excited. I think it's so cool what the Bengals have did and to see them being alive like this, but right after that huge win and you're right, you could say it's their biggest win in three weeks, but this win comes with like, now they're number one seed. And three weeks ago, it was the two weeks, three weeks ago, it was the Chargers were the number one seed. Then they get trained. Then Baltimore becomes the number one seed in the AFC. Then they get trained. Now the Jets can't train anybody, but this is going to be a closer football game than people think. As Tim mentioned, it's a sandwich game between uh, a Raven game and a Browns game for the Bengals. Well, I'm in love with what's happening there, and I'm looking forward to hopefully competing with the Bengals for years to come as a Chargers fan, I'm not ready to say the Bengals are going to are going to overcome this silly little thing. But I'm one of those people silly and dumb enough to actually believe in spot games uh, across the league. So this is definitely a spot where the Jets can keep this game close. But I hate betting on the Jets. You know how, hold on, hold on. You know how I like betting on good teams with the backup? The worst thing you can do in football is bet on atrocious teams with the backup. Like you are setting yourself up for literally hating yourself if you put actual money on the football game. Paul, can you put up the graphic for a second, please? For this game, for the for the Bengals and the Jets game on the screen so Jeff can see it. Uh, Jeff, can you read me out what the Jets are against the spread? One in five. Do you think they're going to beat the Bengals? Beat them? No. Cover? Hey, then, yeah. Yeah. They have yet to cover a game they've lost because they're fucking terrible. Yeah. That's also a thing, right? They just going to get smoked. Oh, and the Bengals are so good. They'll just turn a short field into the cover. Or even if the Jets are down seven, 
trying to do something. It'll, uh, I'm still taking the Jets because of my principles on how the league works, although maybe the Jets shouldn't be involved in league-wide principles. Uh, here's a quote from Tim earlier today. If the Jets win this game, then catch Indy off guard in the short week. That's 3-5 and five before we get the mini-buy, and then maybe Zoomer Zach gets back for the Buffalo game. It's pure insanity. What did I say that's incorrect there? <laughs> Just you, the notion you, of you, it. You are framing it in the sense that this is going to be really good for the Jets, not that they're going to be like 1-16 this year because they're off. Well, no, because I want Zach to play in competitive games. I oh, hey, hey here's the thing. That Buffalo game with Zoomer Zach, not going to be super competitive, pal. I, well, you're probably right, but I want that team being 3-5 and five going into that game to give him – some live reps against a team he's going to be playing for 15 to 20 years in big spots. Give him every offer. That's what the rest of the season's about is getting him ready for 2022 and 2023. Jeff, does Zach uh, Wilson make it to his next contract? I don't know. That's, that's, that's a big, it's so unfortunate that I can't even give him that right now, but I'll say yes, I will. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to answer that. Yes. Jets. But Pat, I'm uh, sorry, Tim, can you just sort of address me as a football fan for what I should take from your <laughs> defensive minded head coach surrendering 54 points to an offense with zero star power and, and running the same play every time. Like how All am I, I supposed say, to feel like that from the outside looking in? It's was very discomforting. And I, if you're a football team that can't stop the run, the Patriots are going to be your worst nightmare. Oh, that's a, that's a comment. The Patriots hey, oh, yeah. ran through the, I mean, the Jets, have a better run defense than like half the teams in the league. And they had no chance to stop the Patriots. The Patriots were gouging them play after play after play after play. Uh, Would it shock you to learn that the Jets rank 30th in the league in rush defense? After this week, I bet they do. Yeah, they they, they, they dropped 34 points, Tim, all the way down to 30. What are you talking about? No, I figured they would be like 20. Again, not facts. Your feelings are not facts. Anyway. The Jets definitely have a better run defense than the Patriots opponents this week. That and is true. They they are one spot better than the Patriots opponent this week. And I just, yeah, the Patriots play great. I, I, I just, they, they hate the Jets. In some ways, I sort of like the fact they hate us so much because we hate them so much. But like they get the upper hand. They wanted to use our game as homecoming for Richard Seymour. Okay, like, and then you won. So I guess what what can I say? I am glad we don't play you again until next year. It hurts, but I feel resilient. Again, I'm not depressed about it. I'm not sad about it. Like, okay, how do we win the next game? How do we win the game after? Like, I've got that type of optimistic, even if you want to call it Panglossian, sort of optimism that I think tomorrow can be better than today. Okay, let's move on from this just train wreck of a game uh, to Tennessee and Indianapolis, which is one of the better games. Tennessee... Could be looking good here if they put this game away. They are one and a half point favorites on the road in Indy. Indy is just, a, I've been so wrong about both these teams all year long. It just, it's weird. You go from losing to the Jets to beating the Bills and beating the Chiefs. And now you're in this like less than a field goal spread against the Colts. It really feels like the Titans should steamroll them here. But the Colts defense all of a sudden has gotten what people thought that the Colts defense was going to be coming into the year have now they've just emerged as that team it's a lot like new orleans like i think it was like three years ago jeff when they were just getting shellacked for like the first five weeks of the season then all of a sudden the saints defense was 
the defense that we thought they were going to be coming in the season. They were like a lights out. The Colts are starting to look like that. Yeah, between like Hayward and the guys on the back end, it all just sort of flipped at once. And you're right, Rucker, uh, uh, Leonard, they're getting production in the secondary. It's unfortunate they lost great young player Julian Blackman last week in practice, uh, the safety for the season. But I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Pat. And this game reeks. This game, like, oh, it just smells so bad. And it smells like a uh, Colts outright. And I thought, you know, before I saw the line that that could maybe be a quasi bold statement, but it's not. It almost feels like the books are begging you to bet the Titans. I will not. It's tough. I mean, the Colts defenses look good, although they ended up blowing that game against Baltimore. But Lamar is incredibly difficult to contain, uh, unless you're the Bengals, apparently, or the Lions. But the other three te- the other three victories that they've had have come against bottom 10 offenses. And this is not a bottom 10 offense when you're talking about the Titans. Like, they're going to be able to move the ball, whether it's on the ground, whether it's through the air. They present a real challenge on the offensive side of the ball, which in some of these wins that the Colts have racked up, in all three of their wins, they've, they've been against teams that really can't move the ball at all. This game smells, so I'll take the Colts. And I'll tease the Colts up, too. Uh... I think that Tennessee is going to be a very popular side this week. And for good reason, they kept Kansas city to three points and they played great in Indianapolis. Yeah, they won, but again, I don't think they get a lot of credit for a game in a monsoon. I have to say Carson Wentz has been utterly charming watching him play the last couple of weeks. The, the crazy passes, the trying to be a hero. I know it's like the wrong way to play football, but at the same time, like, I'm just so utterly beguiled by it and just find it very fascinating. And this is a last stand for the Colts. I mean, if the Titans, as you said, if the Titans win this, the Colts are really drawing to an inside straight to win the division. So if they're going to make their push, it'll be here at, uh, at, at the, uh, I was going to say the RCA Dome, but they don't play there anymore at Lucas Oil Field. So yeah, I just think like Indy's got to be the play here. I think Indy can stop the run enough to compel the titans to have to throw it and win that way and i don't know that they will i think it's going to be a close game i like indy a little bit yeah i think the case for indy here is that they run all over tennessee because tennessee's run defense is pretty pitiful and they managed to do that against the 49ers who as you said have a pretty good run defense taylor found space uh, against that uh, front seven he could do so again uh it was aberrational that the chiefs only scored three points against the titans defense that doesn't bippity boppity boo make the titans a great defense it's just a weird game uh we shouldn't read too much into that it's a very fascinating interesting game i just think in the end i expect the colts to come out on top uh jeff you said you're taking indy yeah i'm gonna take indy indy in this game i know you know like um it comes up or pozzola makes a, a thing about this that there's no game that really is like squares versus sharps anymore because the numbers fluctuate and you know, you got people on all sides. Uh, maybe I'd taken an old school approach here. This one absolutely feels like a squares versus sharp sort of. I don't Sunday think so. I mean, game. the most watched game of the week was Indy beating San Francisco. Now Indy's won three or four games. Like in, Indy's getting cred from people now. Like, and they were the most bet side. Like, it really felt like the 49ers early in the week were the super square side of that Sunday night game. And by the time Sunday night came along, I didn't see a single person bet on San Francisco. They all bet Indy. The line moved towards Indy. So 
I, I guess, but this is the team that beat the Bills in prime time and then just smacked the Chiefs. So, sure. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It's probably not as pronounced as, as I'm thinking because even the game Indy lost, you mentioned it. People can look back at that game versus Lamar and take a lot of positives out of how Indy played. So you're right. I, I probably overreacted to that. Um, feel like Indy is probably the right side, but I am going to go with Tennessee. I, I just don't know if they can contain this offense uh, through the through the air and through the land and see what happens there. Oh, that brings us to the halfway point of the show, which means it's time for a special mini Cust Corner. Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. Cust Corner, he Alrighty. Uh, did you have a subject you wanted to broach? Uh, I figured we keep on the Halloween theme of things. And I saw that uh, the New York attorney general, I think it was, had to put out a statement saying that some of the candy that is going to be given out, because you can buy like gummy marijuana candy that has THC in it that looks exactly like regular candy. So yeah, watch out for your kids. It's like the new razor blades and apples type thing. Fear that people are going to be handing out THC. Uh, in no, no. in Halloween candy, which I would argue people wouldn't do because it's way more expensive and people probably wouldn't I was about to ask. I don't know what a gummy costs. Never purchased it, never will purchase it. But it's got to cost more than what a gummy bear costs at the store. It has to be significantly more. Yeah, yeah so- it's more. And I'd like to just say I'm not an edibles guy because I just, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to hit me. Like, I'm not, I don't want it to hit me randomly. It's just not my thing. But I'll get, um, you know, sort of how, whatever. Uh, so always send me some free stuff in the packages that I do order. And these gummies, they're packaged like, it's like, it's like THC Cheetos, but they, they literally like copyright infringement, like the Cheetos guy in the package. <laughs> and other than, like, uh, you know, a couple of leaves that, that are not hidden, but they're not like in your face, you wouldn't know. Like, so yeah, or they have these candies and they package them like something in the store. So I can, I, I guess I could see that being a real problem. But I don't know, but think like 35 years ago, if the Surgeon General had said, be careful, people might be giving out real cigarettes this Halloween rather than Popeye cigarettes. Wouldn't the people heard that and went, no one's going to do that. What's wrong with you? Like at the same time, I hear the story about the THC candies and I was like, no one's going to do that. Like what, who, who is this message for? I, I actually like, agree. I agree with you on this one. Like, I just feel like people aren't going out of their way to buy THC gummies just to throw them into kids trick or treat. Like if people are going to go out of their way to buy THC gummies, they're going to eat the THC gummies. They want. Why would you pay that much to do that? That's just completely insane behavior. And now, if the gummies, I, as Jeff said, have the leaves on it, well, when the parents check the kids' candy, they're obviously going to realize that it's not real Starburst. No, but, but it's they can, yeah, well, I think I, th- I think you're really overrating the amount of uh, parents that are scrolling through their kids' candy to see what they're like. Yeah, if the parent sees like a sealed package that looks like the Sour Patch Kid package, and it says Sour Patch Kids, and one of the gummies on the package his head is a weed leaf they could just in sort of trying to check 80 pieces of candy not see that like easily so i don't want to put that on the parents per se 
No, I'm with you. I, I just don't think that people are going to be doing this. this. This feels like pure, pure fear mongering. Just like, remember, like when we were kids, remember razor the, the razor blades and candy apples. Did, did that ever actually happen? It, it probably must have happened one time in one isolated incident. And it just took off like wildfire as a story that, oh, my God, be worried that some sicko is putting razor blades into apples. I never got a candy apple one time for Halloween. I got one entire one life. time, but they were, but it was from a person that we knew really well in the neighborhood. So I was allowed to have those candy apples. But yeah. like, also, candy apples seems like a lot of work to give out as a Halloween candy, and it's a minus EV move. It's really heavy. It's not that tasty. It's mostly an apple, and it has the seeds in it, probably. Yeah, but you like raisins, so you yeah, can't raisins an apple. Raisins are delicious, and they're economical. <laughs> they're in the little tiny box. They don't weigh you down. A candy apple, like, it's got to be wrapped in something so it doesn't get all sticky. And, like, candy apples don't taste very good. Now, caramel apples, they're much better. But, I don't know, it's like bobbing for apples. Has anyone ever been to a party where people bob for apples? I have, Is actually. That, like, okay, like, so a summer camp. camp. I we were. Oh, I, but that's not a Halloween party. I, I was at uh, the the other your other gym partner. I did it at his house when I was like eight years old. Okay, okay, fair enough. So you're the first person I've ever talked to who has actually done the bobbing for apples thing at Halloween. That also like Halloween is full of all these like stories that people hear of, but never actually happens. I've never seen somebody's house be TP'd oh, on that, Halloween. That, that's I not think true. That's a rumor. That, that is absolutely not true. I think that's a myth, or like eggs being thrown at people. That that is also absolutely not true. Someone who has TP people's houses and thrown eggs at people's houses. Absolutely, it's true. That never happens. Kids aren't walking around with a carton of eggs. What are you talking about? Yes, they absolutely are. Okay, well, I've never seen that or experienced that, and I don't know of anyone who's had their house. The only person that's because you that's because you live in a place where people don't go. No, but when I lived in a different subdivision when I was much younger, that never happened. I don't, Je- know, Jeff, can you speak to this? As I've done both oh, that those happened. things. So. That happened. That happened. Like, did I live a sheltered childhood of some sort that I didn't <laughs> Everything that things? you fucking say points to you having a sheltered life. <laughs> but I was allowed to go out trick-or-treating with everybody else. Not by myself, obviously. But I was allowed yeah, to this go happened when you were sleeping, bud. Yeah, when you were in bed at seven, you know, then, then people <laughs> actually came out. Uh, no trick-or-treating done after like 8 p.m. is trick-or-treating you want to answer the door for, I don't think. <laughs> uh, like, who's, I, out eight, who's out at 8 o'clock? Uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at it right now. No, no cases of strangers killing or permanently injuring children this way in terms of the poison candy myth has ever been proven. Commonly, the story appears in the media when a young child dies suddenly after Halloween. Medical investigations into the actual cause of death have always shown that these children did not die from eating candy given them by strangers. However, in rare cases, adult family members have spread the story in an effort to cover up murder or accidental deaths amongst children. I honestly thought parents just say it. So my dad was allowed to rifle through my Halloween candy and take what he wanted. I mean, his parents are going to do that anyway. Yeah, but just, yeah, but as you even get older, like, I got to inspect it. <laughs> well, you should inspect it in case something is open, in case something. Oh, I agree. I, I, I like think you totally that... should inspect it. I'm with you. I'll be inspecting my kids' candy, but we're only going to take them to like three or four houses because they're very little. How does how does trick or treating like? How old's your daughter now, Jeff? She four or five? 
She's five. Yeah, five. no, it's quick. Yeah, it's no, it's like a block. And then we have a good family friend who lives on the street who like loves to like give her so much, like a lot of candy. Not full, this so, year. Full candy bars. No, but that like, no, but we'll even be going there on Monday because this person has the candy like set aside for my kids, like that kind of whatever. So, but yeah, it's like literally a block and that's uh, she's still pretty young and she actually she gets scared by people's decorations. Like last year, she didn't even like going up to houses. So we'll I, I, I've been practicing because my son is he's not quite three yet. So this will be like the first Halloween that we get and get to bring him out. So they have little Max. He's what now? He'll be a year and a half. So we have him a costume. He's just kind of like walking around being like, ah, because yeah, he's yeah. a little kid. But Wolf kind of get understands a little bit. We have him like knocking on the door. He can say trick or treat now. He points to pumpkins. He enjoys all the decorations. He sees a ghost and he goes, ghost. It's really cute. <laughs> I've really been enjoying Halloween with, uh, with the kids. But I just don't know how much. Once we get out and start knocking on doors and going to different places, I don't know how much he's going to have in him. Yeah, I agree. You'll just go up and down the block and you'll be you'll be fine. Like yeah. I, I would set the over under at three and a half houses that we get to before he's like calling it quits. Yeah. Whatever. It's good yeah. for you. Oh no, listen, I, I actually I, watch Halloween movies on uh, on Halloween night. I never did growing up. Like, we would watch Halloween yeah. movies like because you're in the days because you were because you were sheltered. You had to watch them during the day so you didn't get too scared. Or you had to watch them with your nightlight on. Which I still do. Uh, I watched a hollow. I watched a Halloween movie the other night, which was terrible. Called Slender Man. Terrible movie. You look like Slender Man. Yeah, and I kept my light on because I didn't want to get too scared. But uh, <laughs> like this Halloween is a Sunday. Well, this Halloween is a Sunday, so I won't be watching it. But like the last couple of years, I've watched Donnie Darko on Halloween because that's a great Halloween movie. Is it, I was just isn't it a good Halloween watch. movie? I think so. It's scary. I, I just so it's, wonder... not, it's not a it's not a Halloween movie. It's a scary movie. Uh, that that's all it needs to be to be a Halloween movie. It needs to be scary. In my mind, I don't watch them. I don't like them. I'm annoyed like that channels. Show? I'm annoyed that channels that I do enjoy turn themselves into Halloween fright fests. I don't like that feeling. Uh, I don't need to be in a movie theater. And like, be that kind of uncomfortable. Call me a baby. I don't care. I don't like them. Tim, this year, you, instead of watching Sunday Night Football, you should just watch Monkey Shines, an experiment in fear. I've never heard of that. I also probably won't be watching Mon Sunday Night Football. The World Series is on. And like, when Jeff and I were growing up, and you too, they didn't have Sunday Night Football during the world series yeah, and, then, and, 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 and then they now got the yeah, now, now they got concerned like fuck man no one watches no one watches baseball we need to put something on tv that people will watch but what a thumb no, no, in the no. eye i'm telling you on. it ended it ended the nfl like almost admitted to it they had like a truce it yes. was a well-documented truce that they didn't want to go up against that they just said we respect baseball as this pastime air quotes whatever it took a bye and then and then during week one, sorry, during opening night on ESPN of baseball, uh, they broke the McNabb, a McNabb trade and baseball like freaked out that you ruined our opening night. And the NFL was like, buddy, 
watch what we can do. And the very first Thanksgiving, it was a Steelers Saints game when the Saints were like, cool. They put powerhouse games up against the World Series now. Like, crazy. they love it's crazy that they do that because, like, people like me would rather watch the World Series than watch, not gonna then, not then, watch, then, then, then watch the World Series, Tim. And, well, and if there know. were, and, and put it this way, if there were more people like you, it wouldn't really be that big of a discussion. But people want to watch football, no one gives a shit about it, especially, of course this, they do. especially <laughs> this World Series, no one cares about. Yeah, they I put the it. Cowboys on Sunday night this year. It's like, okay, like, yeah, That's you what I mean. it's a last, complete like, thumb eight, in the eye. You look at the last like eight years of Sunday night football against the World Series, it involves a preeminent franchise or a game that is appointment TV. It would be really nice if 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 the NFL next year decided to go back to not putting on a Sunday night game against the World Series. Let's just let people watch the World Series. Maybe <laughs> baseball should be a bit more proactive and not schedule a fucking Sunday night baseball game for the World Series. Make, this, it, make it sound like the NBA, the NBA schedules no games against the NCAA championship game. Yeah, because they know, because they know no one will watch. They, they know no one will watch the NBA against the even, national championship game. Well, there's even, that too. Even golf took a baby step. They they moved Tory Pines a Wednesday through Saturday to not go against AFC NFC championship. And they moved their playoffs out of September, so it would be done by the time football started. All right, but baseball has a much longer and richer history at this time of year than football does. And football, yeah, the, the, used to appreciate that. that that's they great, Tim. If you if you were programming ABC in 1967, maybe you'd be on to something. But we live in 2021. And I'm, on Fox, and- I'm one of your football partners. I'm one of your partners, and you're hanging me out to dry by putting the Cowboys on NBC when I'm trying to show the World Series. Like, if I'm Fox, I beg them not to go on Sunday. Tell tell the baseball guys, please don't go on Sunday night. Oh, but it's Sunday. You've got to have the World Series on. Why? No. You're gonna have them on during the weekend. So play Saturday. Go Saturday night. night. Well, they are going Saturday night. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then don't go on Sunday. Go on Monday. <laughs> well, like you gotta have it's the it's the World Series. You don't it doesn't pause for anybody. People should pause for it. Yeah, and they don't. It's disappointing. You know, there was a time that uh, the sports leagues used to be a little bit more gentlemanly than this. Well, I there, miss it. there was also a time that, you know, some people couldn't go to school with each other or use the same bathrooms, Tim. That's the time you want to that, go back that, to? That is an outrageous, <laughs> outrageous comparison. Well, that's it. Oh, it, it sounds like all it sounds like is I want to go back to 1951. Is it what it sounds like you're saying? Well, I want to go back to like 2012 or 2013, as Jeff said, when they took a bye week during the World Series so that people could watch the World Series at an event and not distract from one of their they're competitive or one of their, their partners in Fox. I don't know. I love playoff baseball. I love Halloween, Halloween baseball on like world series during Halloween is great. It's better than any horror film. It's better than anything else. And it's like, I am because I love football so much just detracted from watching the world series as much as I otherwise might want. To. It's tough. I'm right about this. I'm right about this. I love baseball so much that I love football way more and will watch football. Good take. I love the World Series because it has an emotional resonance for me. I remember being a little boy and being woken up by my dad to watch the last outs of games. And I remember year after year watching the Fall Classic with family and with friends. And when my grandmother used to take her vacation every October to watch the World Series because that's how important it was to her. And so I love this tournament. I love the World Series. And when it comes around, I, I, I hate that I feel like I can't devote the energy to it that I feel like it deserves of me 
because like the NFL's on and like like yeah like and that's better days. and that's we're better so you're, so you're gonna watch it of course it's better but that just still doesn't mean I don't have a like a deep nostalgia and sentimentality for the World Series like it it, it has a place in but my you talk like you're heart. the only but like lots of people feel this way and are just capable of watching both games <laughs> yeah. yeah but I find it's hard to watch football and baseball at the same time like you know it's, it's the easiest it's two different sport watching yeah, brain no, nothing fucking happens in baseball so you can really catch what's going on well, baseball is literally more the easiest more breed it breathes more you know there's a slower pace there's something more relaxed about it football it's far more you know far more intense it requires a different type of viewing the same with basketball requires an even more intense type of viewing because there's so much action so i actually find it hard sometimes to flip between multiple sports because your brain has to kick into a different gear depending on the sport it's watching i mean your brain is powerful tim tim's brain is really powerful do you know what he was doing this afternoon jeff no he was he was googling fleshlights <laughs> no, i had never wasn't. heard no, of those things was. Were. did, did you <laughs> did you go- did you google fleshlight i urban dictionaried yeah. yeah see you were looking them up you look it up fleshlights After, tim andercast well because you kept bringing it up in this group chat and i was like i don't think i know what this is and i kind of don't want to know but then i was like the curiosity killed the cat so i had to figure and i was like oh my goodness of course it was going to be something that was anyway Something that's what? Are you going to look down on what people like to do sexually? I'm not looking did? down on anything. It sounds like it's, it sounds like it scares you. No, it just I knew that it had to be something vulgar, and indeed it. Was. What, what what's vulgar about it? It's not something that one discusses in polite society or company. Again, not, 1950, not 1951 not, Tim Andercast. You know what? I think that we're going to start doing promos table. on the show. If people want to send in and get their own Tim Andercast flashlight, it'll be a picture of him. You throw up the picture, it's him like this. Oh, my God. Look, I, I, just, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to I don't know what to say. You, I, you flummoxed me. I don't know what I don't know what to say. I like that you had never heard of a fleshlight before. I think I had heard the word thrown around, but I did not know what it meant exactly. <laughs> well, I do now. All right, let's get to the next set of games. Jeff, your Chargers are up. You're going to be at the game. Yeah. So you're going to be reporting live on the scene. Don't drop your microphone. Patriots at Chargers. On Chargers. The Shut the fuck up. I'm doing the intro. You want to get you what? You do the intro. Okay, so th- this uh, first game out of the shoot for the second set of games is Patriots at Chargers. Chargers are five and a half point favorites. The total is 49. Jeff, you're going to be there in person. What are your thoughts on this, uh, uh, your inaugural appearance at SoFi Stadium? Well, Tim, you have many a times in the past few weeks used the term hinge game <laughs> to sort of reference how you feel about the Jets and their season. I'm going to go as far to say this is a hinge game on my life. <laughs> Jesus. This will be the first time I'm ever at SoFi Stadium. This will be the first time my eyes ever lay sight in the flesh on Justin Herbert. This is a day. This is a game that will live with me um, forever. I've already gone to the point where I've called the stadium to find out. Cause you if have they to have Justin to... Herbert fleshlights. No, 
<laughs> but if you have like because you have to be vaccinated to go into SoFi or show a negative test. I, I am vaccinated. That's something I'm I am Oh yeah, you're such hide. a you're such a hero, Jeff. Double vaxxed. Look at you. Look at me. I'm Jeff. No, no, vaxxed. No. But but nothing on their like site or information in California, people have like vax cards, like ID cards. And I don't want to be turned away at the gate because they think they've never heard of this place, Ontario and province. So you don't even want to wear a mask when you go into Harvey's. So, so yeah, no, I've already even arranged. There's a girl named Melanie and a specific gate that she told me I could meet her at. And she'll assist me if I, if I have any, (laughs) if I have any problems. Um, But okay, let's, let's get real. We got our ass whipped last time out. Uh, this game is incredibly important to the long term of this season. It can then establish us some breathing room. And it's it's the most important game that like I this game is so important to me to see what Coach Staley can do often embarrassing loss out of a bye at, versus the greatest coach of a generation versus a team that beat us 42 to nothing or whatever it was last year. Coach has said he doesn't bring that up with the team. He wasn't here. That doesn't matter to him. That is for the players who were here to care about and to worry about and to think about if that's something that they uh, that matters to them. I believe it does. I truly believe it does. Um, the Chargers are getting healthy. They played that game against the Ravens. When you play the Ravens without four of your five best or, or leading tacklers, you're in for a world of hurt. And we were in for a world of hurt. Our the best nose tackle on the roster is expected to return this game. He hasn't played the entire season in Justin Jones. I'm getting my safety back, Nasir Adderley. I'm getting Drew Tranquil back. So the Chargers are getting healthier on defense for this game. But this is a hinge game on my life, on my life, because it's going to be a day. Uh, I'll like just have if the Chargers accomplish. In the next handful of years, what I so hope with every fiber of my soul that they're able to accomplish, this will be like a seminal day for me. Not that the result carries any meaning in a week or a month or a year or in two years, but this will be like a flashpoint memory for me and my life and this this iteration of this team. So like I said... Hinge game on my life. The Patriots don't come without challenges. Now they've only beaten the Jets in Houston on the road, and we all know what happened in Houston. So they're they've haven't played a Joey Bosa or Derwin James on the road. They have not, and we'll test them that way. But Tim said something earlier in the show that's a concern because I think it's going to be old school Belichick: three yards of play here, four yards of play here. Just lots of first down, second down, third down, first down, second down, third down. That sort of, uh, you know, that has destroyed us many times when we play them. I don't, we haven't beaten them since 2008. They literally um, are my kryptonite. They they have ruined. Your kryptonite. No, 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 no. But I, they have just ruined me in, in important spots. The Marlon McCree game is probably, now this can go to sort of, uh, yeah, uh, things have run pretty well that I can say this, but that Marlon McCree moment is one of the low points in my absolute life. Not as a Charger fan in my life. Lower than LT sitting day. on the sidelines in Fox. That World? day, 
help you let me finish my stories i was at that game okay i was at that afc championship game that was after the mccree game that was a future year uh, i was in foxborough at that afc title game in the upper bowl the only day nate kading made his kicks ladanian in his darth vader mask and and trench coat and not even communicating with michael turner with what he's seeing how to help this team is just they own my soul and hunter henry will score and i hope that the chargers have a big enough lead that i can stand up and clap it's a hinge game on my life you know what people talking about can, hinge I, ask game, a, can I ask a question <laughs> Go ahead. is this what i sound like yeah but much louder oh, and worse and it keeps going god and your teams are usually worse so it even seems sillier no, I think Coming he meant when you, you. I think he meant when you coughed. No, I was talking about the hinge game stuff. Oh yeah, the only people talking about hinge games generally are the two of you, the most unhinged people I know. So you need to, <laughs> no, sw- no, you need I, to listen, swing that latch right back. I'm just taking a piece of terminology that from, has from become Tim. part of our vernacular. Here. Okay, uh, so the way that I see it is, I, I just think that the Chargers are a better team. But five and a half is a lot. And when you look at it, the, the Patriots do have the second best rushing attack in football. The Chargers have the second worst rush defense in football. That could be problematic. The other thing, and this is something that Tim always likes to point out in playoff games, and it tends to come true a lot of the time. The Patriots have the third best special teams unit, Tim, in football. Do you know where the Chargers rank in special teams? It's got it, it's, it's, it's to be in the t- high 20s. I 20s, spent 20s. 80% of Feinbolt talking about this last week on my bye week. What's that, the number? That, that's got to be changed. Yeah, you got to stop. If you're going to yell, you got to move the mic just a little bit away from your face. I am so mad about the special teams. Where we're, are they still, we're still losing yards everywhere. They get yards. We don't get them. We have brought in this Andre Roberts, though. I don't know. Back-to-back pro bowler. From, from, I want to say, Houston. So we just picked some guy up who's going to handle the punting and the kick return duties. Maybe we won't be negative after this game, but you are not wrong, Pat. If I breaking down Coach Staley, it's truly my, my biggest disappointment. They're third worst in the NFL, but everywhere else, oh but, but everywhere else on the field. So Run defense, good rush D versus bad rush D, big special teams discrepancy. Other than that, the Chargers absolutely wiped them out and being good at stuff. So, And the, the fact the Chargers are going to have to be in the silent count at home because 40,000 guys named Sully are going to be screaming every time they, the uh, the offense is trying to work. I'll so, be there. No, different. they won't. Oh, you don't think so, huh? No, not this one, no. No, no, the, the, the Chargers won't have to go into silent count in the first quarter. I bet they do. No, I bet not this game, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Chargers, all the fans, the, the millions of people that watch Feinbolt are going to flood the stadium this week. So they, they <laughs> no, I don't. Check. I don't. I have no, the, the Patriots are an entitled fan base. I have no expectation of them flooding anyone's stadium. They barely attend. Yeah, no, they, they didn't even cheer at their own games anymore, other than the Brady game. I went to an AFC championship game there. No one even said anything to me. They're like so past anything and anybody else. In their psyche as a fan base. Okay. I'm going to take the Chargers minus at minus five and a half because I am convinced that the Patriots are not good and they can only beat the shittiest teams in the league. Maybe they'll do what they did against the Bucks and Cowboys and lose. You know, when it comes down when it comes down to actually 
playing the game at the very end, they'll just end up losing. And they'll lose by enough that they cover the spread. Maybe that happens. I think the Chargers get right here coming off the bye. I guarantee a victory. Okay. Well, I still think the Patriots cover, even if they don't win. Okay. Okay. So it's Chargers. a point spread NFL game. That's, that's you know, 50-50. Sure. Yeah. So New England for coin and Tim Chargers for Jeff and I. Jacksonville and Seattle. Oh, boy, is a fun one. Uh, the, Seahawks are, the Seahawks are favored by three and a half at home. Jags coming off the bye? And I don't know what to make of the Seattle team. Like, I was looking at it today. I think it was uh, pro football, not reference, not pro football focus, football outsiders. They had the NFC odds to make the playoffs. Did you know that there are six teams right now in the NFC who have an over 80% chance of making the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys. Uh... Packers. Packers and who has the other team that I'm not like sure. what are we saying this like the playoff race is essentially like over in the conference like what do, what do we mean by oh in Tampa and Tampa yeah of course but that's what that's only five teams do you know who the sixth team Arizona is? now Arizona you've already said Arizona they, they can't qualify twice Saints what are we talking about that's the team it's the Saints, Saints? The Saints the well Saints. yeah they are five and two the Saints also have an over 80% chance to make the playoffs in the NFC right now. So that leaves one spot yeah, available. Too. So Seattle looked horrible, but they did go up against Pittsburgh's defense, which is pretty good. They've went up against the Saints defense with Geno, which is pretty good. Uh, Jacksonville's defense, I've heard, not so great. So maybe this is a get-right spot for Seattle? And against the Rams. Geno led most of the game against the Rams and was, was fine until the very end. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Seattle's the play here. If you think that Urban Meyer spent that bye week getting the Jaguars ready to play a game across the country. He was getting the fucking uh, Jags he, defenders to smell his goddamn fingers, what he was doing. Good God. Right after, anyway, right after I, using a Tim Andrecus fleshlight. Oh, God. My point is, the bye week doesn't matter for Jacksonville that much. Seattle coming off the short week, I don't care that much about. I expect to see, like you said, a get right game. Seahawks win by seven, then cover. I mean, listen, they don't need to get right. They've covered two in a row with Geno picks, Jeff. I mean, to win a game, to get that train moving back on the right track. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. Much of the sentiment that you even made with the Kyle Shanahan breakdown earlier, Pat. Uh, the internet, like uh, Pete Carroll, is like the dumbest man alive right now. Like, how do you not up Chuck Kamaloo to DK Metcalf? Like, when things aren't going well, just, just, just throw the football. And good player. And well, it's funny because by uh, pro football focus, the Jags actually have the highest graded running game in the league at this point. But they do love running because they you know Urban Meyer. He wants to get 250 on the ground and like 450 through the air every game. He thinks that's a winning strategy, which it would be if that was possible. But the Seahawks weirdly have like the fifth best run defense. Uh, they're not good anywhere else. And I don't know if Lawrence has looked better the last three games, but he is definitely not immune to turning the ball over and making some bad decisions and I mean, that basically just means he's Geno on the other side of the ball. So I'll take the team with the slightly better defense and the better skill position players. So round of Seattle, except for the coin. The coin is going with Jacksonville. The Washington football team with Aaron. No, not Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say, because last week you said Brett Favre is the quarterback for the Packers. But the Washington football team is at Denver. This comes down to a very simple question here. Denver's favored by three in this game. Jerry Doug Judy is going to be back. Just, I want a one-word answer from both of you. Jeff, we'll start. Is Washington a good team? No. Tim? No. Denver minus three. In, yeah, um, I mean, I might say the same thing about Denver, but I think Denver is slightly better, and it's at altitude. 
So Denver. No, this goes back to the gatekeeper theory with Denver. They'll lose to any team that's reasonably good and beat every crappy team. Okay. All the more reason to say Denver. With the extra rest as well. um, I mean, they were really snake bitten by the injury bug. They're getting, well, actually, I don't even know if they're getting healthier because they've just had so many injuries and guys just keep getting hurt for them. Washington's display last week was something else. I had them as my super lock. They should have covered. Yeah, you were on the right side of that game. They were in the red zone like four times and came up with no points. Like score. Like Green Bay did not impress in that 24 to 10 win at all. Like Washington had their opportunities to cover and even win that game if they felt like taking it, but they they didn't. It's actually kind of disappointing to see the Ron Rivera team be this disorganized. Well, I like Ron Rivera a lot, and I just don't think this team doesn't seem very well coached right now. It, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It's really weird because I think that Washington is going to be such a, like, buy team for next year, like, to get back on the train with Washington. Because, like, when you go look at how they grade out and what they do well versus what they don't do well, it's pretty, like, they do everything well, which you would think they do well. It's just their secondary is horrible. Like, they are getting to the passer at the second-best rate of any team in the league. But it's not making a difference because teams just kind of chuck it up and everyone comes down with the ball. Like, it's yeah. it's kind of crazy. Like, they have the worst coverage in football. I mean, I think that Teddy is good enough that he can take advantage of that. Like you said, they got the extra rest. He can heal his foot up. Jerry Judy's back. And, like, their passing attack is horrendous. Like, they would be so much – Heineke is – he's fun to watch. He's plucky. He's got heart. But, like, Fitzpatrick is three times as good. Yeah, this team is what two and five with Fitzpatrick. They'd probably be four and three. Maybe yeah, they're two and five. I can't even believe they've won two games so far. But yeah, I like Denver here. Uh, shortlist super lock contention too for Denver. For me, I agree I with it. that. I can see it. Uh, Tampa and New Orleans get off the mat. Them and Carolina, they're both going to end those ugly losing streaks this week. Tampa is at New Orleans. New Orleans is a five-point dog at home in this game. Uh, 50 is the over-under. No word yet on whether Gronk or Antonio Brown is playing. Uh, it looks like the Chiefs are going to lose – sorry, the Chiefs. The Saints are going to lose Pete on the offensive line to a torn pec muscle. He was like you, Tim. He's lifting too much. Tore his pec. So you got to watch out for that. Look, I, I completely commiserate. My pectorals are sore today, too, from all the big bench presses that I was doing. Sore titty, sore titty Tim. That could be your new name. No, I don't need any more nicknames. I have more than enough. I this I'm just I listen, I took I thought that New Orleans was the play last week and they did win, but anytime they were favored by more than three points, just take the opposite side. Whenever they're a dog or less than a three point favorite, bet on them. I'm betting on New Orleans this week against Tampa to cover the five. I don't know if they win. Yeah, Tampa looked too good. Yeah, and they played the Bears. Like New Orleans is a good team. They're a good yeah, defense. At I'm least. with you. I like the Saints. I like the Saints on the money line as an interesting play, too. I'm with you. Take, give me the Saints. It's dangerous. I like the Saints also. People keep telling me the Saints are overrated. I think they're a good football team. I agree with with you, Pat. I think this is a team that uh, they have quality wins on the schedule. They're very well coached. Uh, I think this is a spot where they can start making this division interesting. Big game for Tampa. Tampa heads into their bye. They'd hate to head into their bye with what feels like an amazing season where they've been running away with things to only be, what, a half game or a game up on the Saints. I think the Saints set us up for a fun second half in the South. I think they can win this one. 
I, I think that they can win this game as well. I think Tampa is like the far superior team in this game, but this is they only have to cover five. They're at home, and I feel like we're getting extra points here just based on what we saw over the weekend. Like just another Tampa is going to steamroll bad teams at home. They're go, it's like the Bills. The Bills are going to steamroll bad teams at home as well because they're really good teams. It's a lot like the Ravens have done for the past four years or so. When they get an inferior opponent at home, they are just going to put the boots to them. Um, it's true. And then we and see. Even though it's like and, that- but 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 then we see New Orleans go into Seattle in a crappy game on Monday night. No one can really move the ball. You know, the under comes in. It's barely watchable. They don't look very impressive, but they just continue to win. Jameis isn't making the mistakes that you think. Now, if pressed, Jameis can make some mistakes. It is revenge game for Jameis as well. Um, but I just think that the Saints defense is good, and it's going to cause problems for Brady. Yes, I think they will get home and get and hit Brady. And the Buccaneer secondary is in such shambles that it's not really well equipped to take advantage of Jameis's nonsensical passes and throws. And so it sets up very nicely for, and I mean, this is not exactly the same roster from, uh, from last season, but the saints beat the Bucks twice last year when they played. So and then not lo- like most and then, of the and guys then lost to them in the playoffs and then lost to them in the playoffs and in a close game, but nevertheless, the saints still have the coaching staff, and most of the same players who were there last year who beat him twice. So the, 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 the framework is there for a close game. And I, I would anticipate another close game and maybe the saints win it. Maybe they lose it close, but nevertheless, close game. Jeff, what is Jameis's contract with the saints? It was a, it was a two year deal. Was it not? Or it was just one year. I think he signed two one year deals with them. Maybe did he, that would be a two, a spot. You know who could be there? I know you're not going to like this. Uh, and I think he'd have to get cut to end up there. But I don't think he's on his team next year. Matt Ryan. Maybe. I could see them going for someone like, I mean, maybe they'll stick with Jameis. But like Mariota, I think, would make a lot of sense there. I think like having a mobile, short throw, accurate quarterback, just trying to replicate a lot of like what Breeze did, but a bit more oh, yeah. mobile, I think would work really well in this offense. And that's a great, then that's a great, angle you you've set up there with that to a point for russell wilson who wants out as we hear out of seattle yeah i mean that would be like the elite version of that but i think of guys that could potentially like get they could get the other two guys for like basically nothing couldn't they at this point you'd have to imagine that russell would win the power struggle in seattle i I would agree i think if it comes down to it they'll fire carol before they get rid of russell wilson yeah like come on you're right that that would be the smart move Sunday night game, Dallas at Minnesota. Minnesota is a two and a half point dog at home, hosting the Cowboys coming off by. It does seem like Dak is going to be fine for this game. Uh, he's out of the walking boot. Jerry Jura said that he was far more concerned about Dak's shoulder in the preseason than he is currently concerned about his foot. Maybe he's maybe he's given us fake news. I don't know. But Dak was spotted out of the walking boot. Michael Gallup might be back in this game as well. We might have the full-strength Cowboys offensive line for the first time. I'm not sure if Lyle Collins is back this week or next week. I think it's this week, though. Minnesota just continues to be one of the most confusing teams. And here's the difficult part with them. It's two and a half points. If it was three and a half points, I feel like I'd really like Minnesota here. But, I mean, them just losing it. They're like Atlanta. Like, they'll lose it the last second out of nowhere in the stupidest way possible and not cover the spread, won't they? Yeah. Um, want to give games away more than the Vikings. Every week, it seems. They're just, they're just doing everything they can to throw away a football game. 
I don't lie. I remember you guys actually had a really nice discussion uh, on it last week on the Friday show about plus two and a half, plus one, plus two. What does that mean in terms of taking points versus money line? And I think this is a very good example of being in that circumstance. I like the Vikings in this game, I have to say. I think that Dallas is going to be super popular. Dallas looks so great. They're indoors, fast track. But, like, the Vikings are tough, and they have exactly the type of defense that can try to out-physical you. I think they have they definitely have playmakers of their own who can stand up against the, the – if it turns into a boat race, Minnesota absolutely has the capacity to do that. Uh, and it's in Minnesota, which is – if this game were in Dallas, I would feel much differently about it. I really like the fact that this game's in Minneapolis – for the Vikings, they're coming off. Uh, they're coming off a bye too, and uh, I, I like Minnesota in this game. I really do. I like Minnesota I think, as well. Top five pass rush in football. I think that they're, they're going to harass Dak yeah. and get them out of the rhythm a little bit. We'll see how one hundred percent he really is. I mean, they can say all they want, but we'll see what happens. This is dangerous. Minnesota could be my super lock if it was a three. It probably would be my super lock. I'd hate to lose my super lock on a half point game winning Zerline. Uh, sucker, but I think the Vikings are going to win this football game. Uh, and this is no, this is no put down on Dallas. They've proven enough. I think they're a, a far more complete football team than we ever thought they could be when discussing them in August and early and early September. But I just really like the Vikings here at home on Sunday night uh, on a game that I believe will be very Dallas sided with the wagers. I'm happily going to have my Sunday parlays ending with a Viking money line bet. Yeah, like the the one huge disparity in this game between these two teams is how bad Minnesota's offensive line is. That they need to be able to figure out a way to slow down this pass rush and what they're seeing because everything else, they're basically Dallas with a bad offensive line. Like when you look at their Yeah, team. I think Cousins should play a lot of shotgun. Honestly, I think that would solve a lot of their problems this week. Don't have him under center as much. That might be enough. Dude. Has he won in primetime yet? Is that still a thing where he won a playoff game in primetime, but we didn't like count that or all playoff games were no, primetime? No, so did, did, didn't they beat the Rams last year or Seattle last year on like a I Monday think night or something? He doesn't night? win on Monday night. I think it's Monday night now that he struggles with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, yeah, they, they beat the Saints in New Orleans, didn't they? When you just cursed them? I, well, that was a playoff game, yes. Yeah. So that was a playoff game. Yeah, listen, I'm not too concerned about Kirk. Like he, no, like neither am I. I. I think the Vikings are fine here. Yeah, Dak is better than Kirk Cousins, but I don't think he's like substantial. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't think he's like substantially better. Like Kirk is one of those. You'd be happy to have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. He's a very above, slightly above average to sometimes looking like elite style, especially on deep throws. He's been really good. And the one spot where you can really get at Dallas, and this is what the Patriots did to them, is the Patriots were able to run the ball really well. And we know that, the Vikings can run the ball really well. Now that's a way that they can eat up clock and set up some of their deep shots. I think. Yeah. And let's not forget Mike McCarthy is a much, much worse coach than Mike Zimmer. Cause Mike McCarthy is a worse coach than everybody. He goes up against basically. <laughs> maybe that, that maybe for one week only Bill O'Brien can coach the Minnesota Vikings. It would mean like other than like urban Meyer. I don't know who I would be like less enthused about. Uh, well, you did call for Robert Salah to be fired this week. No, not him. The offensive coordinator needs to go. <laughs> they need to clean house on that side of things. Salah's doing the best he can. But Monday night, Giants at Kansas City. Casey, Casey's favored by 10 at home. 51 and a half is the over-under. 
I went and looked at the odds for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and like they're still getting so much credit. Like I just want them to to like I, I just want to be able to waste my like fifty bucks on them at like twenty five to one or thirty to one, Jeff. But they won't give it to me because I know they know that like losers like me are looking to see. It's like, well, they're going to rebound eventually. It's going to happen. Do you know what I actually think that the biggest problem is for the Chiefs this season? I don't know. Mahomes? No, they can't. Like, their defense is bad, but their defense, like, what's different about their defense this year in any point in the last three years? It's really no different, but they cannot rush the passer at all anymore. The league worst in both stopping the run and generating pressure on the quarterback. Their defensive line sucks. And I don't know what happened to their offensive line. It looked like the Super Bowl offensive line last week, but against a Titans team that can't normally rush the passer whatsoever. But... I forget who made the point, but it was pretty well taken that Mahomes is just, he's doing that thing where he's running for his life and still trying to make outrageous plays. Like, just get rid of the ball, go on to the next play. It's putting them in a deficit at this point. And I want to say that the Giants cover here. This feels like a no, the only bet that I really want to make on this game, because it's now hit, I think, six of seven weeks, and I've been on it the past four, Mahomes over rushing prop like 19 and a half, or whatever it ends up coming to, because their offensive line is so bad, he can just take off for 20 yards and gets it all in one shot. That's the bet. You're absolutely right about that. As to the defensive line, uh, you know, they move Jones to the outside, and Jones, he's an elite speed D tackle, but as a defensive end, He's not elite, and they've tried to sort of move some things around there. Obviously, him and Clark are great players and some of the other additions, but yeah, they're not getting to the passer. In sort of these offensive line experts that watch the tape and then you know sort of tell us what they saw, there's a lot of people who have sort of been trying to dissect this Chiefs thing that are totally blaming Mahomes for the issue the offensive line is having. Now, what I mean by that is he is dropping back so far immediately that the offensive linemen are pushing them 12. Like he's going back 12 yards off the snap. Your tackle is winning that battle. He's pushing that edge to have to make that turn 12 yards deep. The problem is Mahomes has dropped back 12 feet. So Mahomes is just doing this complete freestyling and he feels completely, I don't know, like he's got to do it all. It still just seems like it's self-inflicted wounds. That's why you, me, lots of people don't want to count them out despite, you know, I can snicker at their struggles at a point and acknowledge and be happy that the gap between them and everyone else is significantly smaller. Um, It's self-inflicted wounds that I do believe the talent and the coaching staff there will get in line and imagine like somehow if it is the Raiders or Chargers that do pull out this division and you got to go play the, you've had this great season and your reward is playing like a seven seed chiefs team. Oh God. <laughs> Hope not me. I'm going to take the giants plus 10 in Kansas city. I think they just kind of muck it up. Maybe they're going to be able to move the ball. Like that's not going to be a problem against this chiefs team. And I, I'm looking at like the, the pro football focus, like offensive line grades for the chiefs. And it's not that bad, but like when you watch it, it's like, what's going on? 
right now. Like, why is Mahomes under pressure against this team that can't rush the passer? Like, that was the biggest thing that I noticed in that Tennessee game was just how little time that he had. But maybe you're right. I think Orlovsky was pointing it out, too, that they're running so much RPO that it's just throwing it's throwing off Mahomes' mechanics. Um, and it seems like it's Mahomes who's the one who's trying to institute this. So it's just all, I mean, like Kelsey's banged up, Hill's banged up. You know, they, they did lose Clyde Edwards-Alaire, although Daryl Williams seems like he's better than him anyway. They're bringing Josh Gordon onto the team. I, Tim, do you think that they're going to figure this out or are they going to miss the playoffs? Because I think they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be like terrifying, like Jeff thinks. Yeah, well, it depends what you mean by figure it out. Do I think they'll be like the seventh seed? Yes, I stand by that, that they'll be a wild card team. But what's going on with Mahomes is just, just so perplexing. He had six interceptions in 2020. He's got nine picks already this year somehow. And he's got fumbles and he doesn't look like he has the same magic that he had. And I don't know if that's because Andy Reed isn't calling good games right now, like, or, or what's going on. It's hard for me to figure out, but like something is broken there in Kansas city. And if there were ever a get right game, I mean, this would be it. If you think the chiefs are still a really, really good team. If you are, like you were last week looking to see what their money line was at halftime and considering it when they were down by, uh, by nearly four touchdowns. I got to take the, I got to take the chiefs here. I'm going to tease the chiefs down to the last part of the teaser, but this is it with the schedule that they have upcoming with, uh, with the, uh, the, the Raiders and the Packers and the Cowboys, maybe not the Packers, maybe they'll, maybe they'll play the Packers, but the Raiders and the Cowboys are coming up like, this is desperation time for the chiefs. They still have the chargers again too. Like this, they cannot lose a game against a team like the giants and be a playoff team, right? They just cannot do it. They've lost, they've lost four games now. They need to win and win comfortably. I, I think they cover. I think they do fine. So Kansas city for the coin, Kansas city for Cus, giants for me, Jeffrey giants. Just, uh, I'm worried about maybe the late, Ticky tacky, but I don't know. They got to Giants got to be down a lot of points for me to not think uh, Danny Dimes going to get us that back door. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's go to Super Locks for the week. I got uh, some nice, nice mojo from Tua last week as he covered the plus two and a half against yes. the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> at home after Tim said it was impossible that they would cover that game. Had to instantly go to the other side. That makes me six and one so far for the Super Locks. And I'm going back to the well with a team I've gone with twice already. For a win, I will take Buffalo minus 14 against Miami. I think I laid like, what were they last time? I, I bet Buffalo, I think it's 16 and a half Se- in Miami. Yeah, 16, Seven. 17. Yeah. Now they're getting less at home. Give me a break. This game should be minus 21. Honestly, I'll take Denver. Denver minus three. Yeah. Tim. Is it going to be the Steelers or the Colts? Um, I'm going to bet against Keenum. Give me the Steelers plus three and a half. You know, I'm on that side uh, with you. So I'll, I'll take that cover. That feels like a Pittsburgh loses by three type game to me. Yeah, can, I, I kind of think so too. Or can, a win. Can you recap your free money teaser? Because I only have four games written down. You said it was five, sure. five teams, seven yeah. points. Steelers, Bears, Jets, Colts. Jets? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you're teasing the Jets up to 17 and a half? I don't think he told us. No, he did. I did. I I, I kept trying to say it, but I was being (laughs) shouted at because people were not agreeing with my historical analysis of the Jets games and their 
the, the role of hinges in this season. But uh, Magic yes, Mike. I did try to be. So you're all in on Magic Mike. I knew it. I'm not all in. I We were talking about this on Sunday. Someone's like, well, maybe this is like the reverse of the Patriot, the Jets knocking out Bledsoe and Brady being great. Maybe the Patriots knocked out Zach and uh, Mike White is great. And I was like, I don't want that. And then someone's like, what do you mean you don't want that? He won them six Super Bowls, and I really didn't have an answer. Yeah, you're, you're, regurgi- uh-huh. you're regurgitating a conversation you had with me, by the way. As somebody who took the, the Jets plus the 10 here today, I would be very nervous about putting them on a teaser. As I said. Yeah, they're not a good horrific, teaser team. <laughs> when horrific teams go to the backup. Horrific. When bad teams, sorry, when bad teams, I'll be polite. When bad, really bad teams go to the backup, the stage is set for disaster with no floor, like the bottom, the pit, the floor gets so much lower. I get it, but I'm going to give my team one more chance. I I think they've got enough in them to cover over three scores uh, in this football game. I I think it happens. Survivor. Like if they get their ass kicked again, you're probably done crying, right? Like, well, we have to turn around. We play on a short week next week at Indianapolis. There's no more crying now. The season's over. Yeah, Tim's at a, Tim's at a tears after Sunday when he was crying on the couch. I was emotional. It was dusty in there. And then you started to sneeze, so it was dusty. Okay. Survivor. Another year before Thanksgiving eliminated when he tells us every year he's booking a playoff spot on Thanksgiving. What do we want to do in Survivor? I'm looking at the list right now of available options, and it's not great for us, to tell you the truth. I might have to go with Cincinnati on the road. In That's what I'm doing. I'm going with Cincinnati because I've used Arizona. I've used Kansas City. I've used Buffalo. I've used the Rams already. So I think that's that's the one I need to go with here. Cincinnati on the road. Survivor. I've used Buffalo, right? You have, correct. And I've used the Rams? You've used the Rams. You have not used Kansas City. Let's. Uh, I wanted to say it. A guaranteed victory. All right. Chargers. Uh, Char- I thought you were going to take Denver. That's surprising. It's it's tough to pick a survivor in a three point game, even if you are like pretty. Even if one of them the minus three is your super lock. What if, like, okay. That, that I mean, I mean you. But tough words from you, guy who's out in Survivor every year first. Hey, if listen, the Chargers were minus three, they'd have been my super lock. I once had a perfect Survivor season. So you finish a whole year perfect in Survivor, and then you can get, give lectures about what the right way to play Survivor. Well, that's how you win Survivors by going perfect. Yes. Uh, who would you say has won more lifetime money in Survivor pools, Tim? Me or you? You're right, but that's a separate question altogether as to who's actually picked a perfect survivor season i did it sure but you didn't win any money and you've been out first each of the past four years sure but i don't do it for the money i do it for the credit well no one's giving you credit you you went out back to back years in week one yeah that did happen although jeff and i went down together perhaps last year yeah houston and jacksonville indianapolis jacksonville last year yeah yeah but my last parting uh, advice for people on Halloween is start your morning with a big bowl of plain yogurt and candy corn mixed together. It's a perfect Halloween breakfast. Oh my God. <laughs> it is amazing. It's sweet. It's salt. It's uh, Why sweet. Why is it it's sweet? Sour. It's, 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 oh my God. 
Oh, that, that just sounds god awful. Imagine starting your morning that way. How shitty you would feel all day long. <laughs> I, I I love it. It's great. Not everyone just you know can nap three times a day like you do, though. You know that, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, they can't. I can, but you can't, or you can. Me and you both can, but other people don't, are not afforded that privilege, Tim, or luxury. You can't just be eating candy corn in the morning trying to go to work. Candy, well, it's a Sunday this year, but candy, corn, and yogurt mixed together. It's a great Halloween breakfast. I support it. Yes, Paul. I don't think he actually likes candy corn. Paul is saying that you're a fraud on candy corn. You don't actually like it. We have the big container at the house. I'll be chewing it. I'll be eating it on Sunday. Yeah, Paul, Paul, it's true. Paul bought a giant thing of candy corn over to where we watch football every single week, and you have yet to touch it. You're a fraud. That is absolutely true. I haven't cracked it open and yet because I've been bringing stuff over. Because I've been bringing stuff over. I will be, and you can document it as I eat it on Sunday. I'll be there. It's there. We can document it. Are you going to bring over your plain yogurt? Yes. In fact, I will. I will give a live food review of the plain yogurt candy corn halloween breakfast if that's what you desire you really want to do more of these food reviews you did one and you were addicted to the response weren't you look it was a lot of fun and people seemed to really enjoy what i had to say and i was like kind of overwhelmed at the positive look my twitter feed is usually a very caustic place when people are saying things so so to see like positive or funny or nice comments did me a world of good and so yes i i I will admit to my vanity that I liked doing that first one and wouldn't mind doing others. You were trying to get I me. A- you know, you, we, I was at, like, we went away for a golf weekend. That was on our way up, Jeff. At dinner that night, he's like, do you want me to do a food review of this chowder? <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, I like that a lot. It also should be noted, Pat, Tim wants to give credit to the Titans turnaround of victory, a hinge victory versus the Jets. I want to say it's since they've, you know, really brought Doug the Pug on board as That's, part of the franchise. That is true. No, it's not. I didn't think about that at all, but you're absolutely spot on with that. That's exactly when oh. it started to happen for them. That He went to the Bills game. Boom. All of a sudden, yep. Titans are winning. Doug the Pug is the real hero in all of this. Here's what I want you people to do is have a good Halloween. Take off my Jamiroquai hat because I'm very old. My, my hair is, it almost looks like I'm wearing a yarmulke at this point, but I'm not. Just my hair. That's the way it looks. I have helmet head at this point after wearing my hat. I want you all for Halloween because Halloween is probably the time of year most associated with Tim and him calling candy corn and raisins the best Halloween candy there is, is to tweet something nice to Tim this week. And then we can go back and go back to ribbing Tim as we normally do. I feel bad that your Twitter timeline is just filled with such vitriol. It'd be nice if people tweeted something nice at you because you do seem to like it. Does that sound good? It doesn't great. matter if you oh. think it sounds good or not. Bad. Come on. Say goodbye to everyone. Tim and August. Tim and August. That's not my name. He still meant it. You can still send me nice comments. I'll read them. You, you know, in all honesty, you should. You should do that to Jeff, too. Give him some positive support as he is guaranteed a win for the Chargers this weekend over the Patriots. Let's just hope he can get in the stadium. I've already, I want you to know, like, I don't know what time I need to get there, but I want to do a lap around the entire building. I want to go to the team store. 
I want to get inebriated. I, 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 I don't know what to do. So that's Andy Lack's problem because uh, ADP Lack is going to be attending this game with me. Maybe he'll, if he's smart, he'll like film me without me knowing and get you guys some gold. It happens probably. to me every Sunday. We, you, I'm pointing the phone at you. If you don't realize yeah, I'm that I'm, at you. if you don't realize that I'm filming you, I just you are completely oblivious. Well, I don't know when you're filming me and when you're not. It's I'm what not I. It, 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 it's when I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not always looking at what you're doing. I mean, do you have bad peripheral vision? No, just again, you have main character syndrome where you assume if you're doing something, everyone must be noticing that you're doing something. Well, yeah, I'm not. You are main character syndrome. Yeah, you are main character syndrome that you are so oblivious to everything that's going on around you. Only what you're doing matters. You don't notice other stuff that's just happening two feet from you. You're right. There are lots of times things are happening around me. I'm completely oblivious to the fact that they're happening. Yes, that, that's why we say that you suffer from main character syndrome. I, I don't agree with that. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Sub to the newsletter, sub to Mayo Media Network, say hi to the coin, tweet something nice to Jeff and Tim this week. Enjoy your Halloween. What else do we got? Listeners League link. Yeah, that's pretty good. Runthesims.com slash Mayo. Do that slash Mayo. That's pretty good. You get a discount for that one. Rate and review the pod. We've been lacking reviews lately. Please take the 30 seconds. Go rate and review the podcast. I think that's it. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.